here you go. Oh, no, nah, he, he over here. Yeah, I heard he got that hot new thing. It's called Switch. Let's get it going. Hello listeners and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio, the friendly community podcast about video games which aims to bring lapsed and active games together in an effort to keep the hobby alive for us all. You can email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com, visit our blog at lapsgamer.com and come and chat with us on social media at lapsgamer on Twitter or just search for lapsgamer in the search bar on Facebook and you'll be able to find our Facebook page there. I'm Lee Howard, your host for today, and join me on this episode to share our experiences of the launch of the Nintendo Switch and our first week or so playing with the new system are LGR stalwart Mark Kamer. Hello, Mark. Hello. And our returning LGR alumni member, Mark Ray, aka Chazzy, of the Honourable Mentions podcast. Hello. So, gents, we finally got our hands on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is almost like a bit of deja vu, obviously, for Chazzy, because he came yes. on and kindly show, shared his experiences <laughs> actually playing it at the event. But of course, it's it's a it's a unique experience, isn't it, getting it's a system a lot, on day one? It's a lot <laughs> different system when you get it home. Just off the top of your head, guys, obviously we'll focus solely on the Switch in this episode, but how have you been day one adopters for past consoles, like in recent generations? Uh, well, I, this is only the second console that I've bought day one. Uh, the other oh, one man. being the PS4. Uh, every other console have kind of come in a little bit late. Um, You've been playing the, playing the clever game of um, waiting to see the reviews and kind of see how it all pans out, see if there's a an audience or a, you know. Well, I mean, like, so 360 PS3 generation, uh, when that launched, I was a poor student. So I didn't right. end up getting a 360 until about halfway through that generation and then didn't get a PS3 until there was only about 18 months left before the PS4 came out. Um, before that, uh, I just, you know, I was, I was a, at school. I couldn't really afford to get a console. <laughs> you had to wait for mum and dad. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't afford yeah. to get a console on day one. So the first one I got day one was um, was the uh, PS4. I still haven't got an Xbox One. I bought a Wii U about two years ago. Uh, or yeah, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, and then yeah, decided that I needed to have this one on day one because I was nice. so excited about it. Yeah, for me, um, I, I have a really weird up and down, uh, like sort of love affair with uh, console launches. I either go straight in day one, no messing about, or I really do wait and kind of wait and wait and wait. Like uh, it took me forever to get a PlayStation Four, but then I got an Xbox One day one. Mm. You know that that kind of thing. It, it really is just how I feel on on the lead up and and how into the hype I get. I suppose, like yeah, you know uh, things like the the PlayStation One. Um, I was I was a poor sort of young lad starting off in the world at sixteen, trying to you know make his way in the world and didn't have very much money. But then my creative diet, we were where I was working was right near HMV mm. uh, in Oxford Circus. And uh, yeah, we we ended up. Uh, my creative director at the ad agency I was working at just walked down the road and bought one day one, brought it back to the office, and then basically we spent the whole afternoon playing uh, Wipeout. And from that moment on, I was like, I must have this. Like, I need to save all my money up. So it wasn't that I couldn't. You know, it was just that I couldn't get the PlayStation on day one because if I could have and I had the money, I would have. 
So yeah, there's there's certain times where I've just been held back, but yeah, most of the time I like to go in day one just because I don't know. It, it just feels there's there's something intangible about the hype of a of a new system that I I quite enjoy. Mm. Yeah, and there's obviously certainly been as maybe one of our fellow co-hosts Adam Duck would call like a hysteria <laughs> surrounding yeah. the switch yeah. in kind of small pockets. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm probably like a mixture of the two of you. I mean, as a uh, as a young and as a schoolboy, I, I I certainly felt like I was in the first wave of getting you know those systems. Like you know, it would have been the Master System the Mega Drive, you know, the SNES. But of course, in reality, we would have been getting them far later than we realised. So although like my group of friends might have all got one around a similar time, the, it was the reality Christmas, is, wasn't it? yeah, Let's exactly. It would have been, it would, well, it would have been probably birthday and Christmas even combined because of the prices. And then of course, then, um, although we'll get onto launch games and whether they're the lineup's been sparse for the Switch or not, you know, back in those days, it really felt sparse because you were lucky to co- sort of get, you know, one game yourself, and then you'd rely on your mates to kind of take the, you know, the, take the hit for the others, and then you would somehow managed to be able to get experience with like the four games that came out at launch like I can remember sort of sharing what games were coming out for things like Xbox and the N64 through a group of us and like just you know all being able to swap and borrow them and you know bundle around their houses after school so yeah it it (laughs) felt like I was very much on the cusp of when those machines launched but that's probably because I'd had a sort of monthly magazine subscription and had been reading about them for days not realising how delayed things are like so even in like you know your official Nintendo magazine that we've been sort of talking about the N64 we obviously were getting games kind of a lot later in those days and I really I can't kind of um, as an adult I certainly don't remember affording or being inclined to go in day one so i definitely waited for i think i did get the xbox like i said relatively early i mean you'll have to correct me mark but could do you remember they had like the standard black one and then they brought out like a transparent sort of crystal one can you remember whether that was sort of 12 months after launch or was that closer to the actual release i really can't remember but i do i i want to say it was a special edition after launch yeah, because I think that's the one that I got. That's the one I can remember at the yeah. time that we went for. And um, so, yeah, with the things like the PS3, I waited till that went down. I mean, I've got the 80 gig, like, fat one, but I certainly waited and waited before picking that up until it was, like, yeah. really heavily reduced. Kind of, I guess, similar in a way that if I hadn't got the Switch, I'd be tempted with the PS4 now because, like, the original PS4 has had a really good deal, hasn't it? It's been really yeah. brought down to, like, 200 quid or something. Mm. And yeah, similar with like the Wii, I guess. I waited. By the time I'd got that, it was at the height probably of its popularity. Handhelds I tend to get a little bit earlier. And I suppose in a way, maybe yeah. that's the difference here. Maybe that's the thing, like you were saying, getting caught up in the kind of wave of optimism for it. But also it's being a handheld. Yeah, for me, normally I'm, I'm not necessarily a day one, but I'm definitely launch window, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so like first of, or that six one months. Month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Even even like the first month, like I remember the Wii. I remember a friend of mine getting that delivered to work, and then setting it up in a boardroom somewhere, and then just going, "I must have one of these." And then going on. Do you remember the websites that you would just go on, and then they would just tell you who was in stock and who wasn't in stock, <laughs> and you would literally be 
trawling through this website waiting for the little icon to go green so they can hit the button to order it straight away and this kind of stuff there was yeah it was just all kinds of crazy stuff like that you know yeah that that idea like the trend that i'm picking up from yourself is that once you'd kind of had it somebody else had had it but you got oh, to yeah. play it then that Word was of kind mouth. of the hook yeah, yeah and, I've, and i've seen that happening a little bit with the switch so i think um there were periods where obviously all of us had pre-ordered and we'll get on to our own personal switch stories you know momentarily but the impression i got was that there was then like some more robust stock and i was hearing about people within the first week um you know somebody had bought one they had seen it and then they had walked into a shop and bought and bought it which is clearly didn't happen with things like the wii you kind of if you didn't get that at launch you were kind of really stuck until christmas see that's the thing is obviously you're so used to the rhetoric around sort of any kind of Nintendo launches. Well, they were short supplied and we couldn't get any. And, you know, they're, they're obviously doing this to drum up, you know, um, hype and get people to buy them day one. You know, like like with the uh, NES Classic, you know, the, the new one. Uh, and, and it's not really the case. I think it's just that they're really conservative. And I think with this one, they just went all out and just decided no we're gonna plus also the parts and stuff in this are actually quite freely available and they're not um you find that with like nintendo consoles they're normally like there's always a bespoke part that's very difficult to manufacture whereas in this it's a tegra processor it's it's stuff you can pull off the shelves that has it's kind of like been being made for like the last six months to a year so They're not going to be constrained by factories and that kind of thing, which, you know, normally is their excuse. Yeah, I mean, I th- I'd, I'd like to think somewhere they did kind of learn from that conservatism that you cited about the uh, NES Classic, because I think they were actually quite transparent in the end, and they did say they just did not anticipate yeah. that that would be as popular as it was. So they didn't manufacture enough or get them to retailers um, in enough numbers. Mm. Whereas, I don't know, sort of reading between the lines, the impression I'm getting is that they seem to they seem to be monitoring the pre-orders far more closely here because yeah. it was, I think certain retailers said that they did get like their initial allocation, but then they actually got a guarantee of like more units in or something like that. Or they, you know, that's why we've been seeing places like on the online stores being out of stock. And then like a couple of days later, having mm. them back on sale again. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, who, who knows, but from, it does seem that the people, most people that I know who wanted one um, at launch have been able to get it. So that that's good. Although, there are obviously varying experiences of when theirs arrive. So let's maybe yeah. like move on to that and our own switch <laughs> stories. Now, I think from the three of us, you were first. Is that Mark? Did you go to, like Chazzy, did you go to a midnight opening? No. Is that right? Oh, no, okay. no, 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 not at all. I, I was, my, my switch story is that I, when the, I can't remember what it was now. It was the, was there like a, Oh, there was like a, a, a showcase type thing. Uh, and they basically at like sort of four in the morning. Yes, the presentation, just, the Japanese the presentation, Switch presentation. It. Yeah, in January, I believe. And then that was it. the Amazon yeah. order pre-order Orders went, went live. live. Yeah. yeah, so basically I was I went to sleep and then I had, a, I had an alarm set for four in the morning so that <laughs> I could basically order through Amazon at like, like a ridiculous time in the morning and then found out that Amazon didn't actually open their pre-orders till yes, soon. Yes, that's exactly what happened so, to me. <laughs> so I was just kind of like sat around at four in the morning go, well, I could go back to sleep or I could just sit here and like 
catch up on the presentation, yeah. stay up till seven and be really on it. You know, yeah. so there I was at like sort of seven in the morning hitting the button on my Amazon mobile phone app. <laughs> and that was it. I'd pre-ordered it and, and, and I was away. I was very, very happy. So, so you um, got the grey one then, because obviously that's the only one yes. they had available at the time. I, I that's went exactly the, the same version. as me. <laughs> yeah, I went for the adult version rather than the kids version. That's that's the way I'm differentiating. <laughs> yeah, for, you likewise. Know. Yeah, exactly. But the um, yeah, I mean, my my switch story is the most boring of of the switch story. So I'll I'll leave you guys to have a little bit more of an exciting one. But my my one was basically that I I pre-ordered it on Amazon. Um, I was going to work anyway. I didn't take the day off. Um, I did. The only drama was I did say to my wife, "Look, you're going to be here with our like our son." You know, um, I didn't say it like that. It was a bit formal. I was just saying, <laughs> "You're going to be here with a boy. Um, is it all right if?" you know, I have this delivered to the house rather than work so that I know that someone's there to pick it up. She's like, yeah, 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 absolutely. No problem. I'll be in. Not a problem at all. Day before, the switch is going to be arrived. And I said, all oh, right, you, yeah, you're going to be around for the switch to be delivered tomorrow. She went, oh, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to baby group. I'm going yeah. here. I'm going down to see me, me mum. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you are kidding. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And at the end of the day, I just... I. It wasn't a bit. It wasn't a big thing. It got delivered to my next door neighbours. It turned up, and there was a box there waiting for me. That was it. That is my entire switch story. You know, it dull as you like. Well, I'll come in now before Mark because mine's almost like a carbon copy of that in the sense that yes, I got this, the grey switch pre-order more by default, I guess, than design. Because actually, as I'll get to later, we did go out literally the day after and get the neon Joy Cons anyway. So I've got both, yeah. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, it was a case of oh, I was working. Like I changed a few hours at work, um, unrelated. Like I, I was never having. I thought I might have the day off just because the way things worked out. But now in the end, I was working flat out the whole weekend, so I didn't really <laughs> even get a chance to oh, no. spend a lot of time till like the following week. But no, fortunately, it still came. Although I was kept checking with my wife because she was obviously looking after our little yeah. as well, and uh, she was agreeing to stay in, but in the end that she was having to do like school runs and meet up with friends and that because <laughs> it just took forever like it came on yeah. the day it did came I on i think mine third. turned up at like 5 p.m or something yeah exactly like really late yeah that's the same same with me so but like i say i could i didn't really get much chance other than setting it up on the friday anyhow and then by the time i'd got back from work like late on the sunday we'd already got other games so like, like the, <laughs> nice. my wife and the little boy had been playing it so i knew immediately like that was really good for me because it kind of justified what i do think overall and we'll get to that in maybe some of the cons is like nintendo have definitely priced this at the point that they can just get away with because there's certain yeah, things about it that's just a little bit too high particularly on the peripherals you know we did go out and get the the joy con the neon joy con bundle but i mean we i think any that's because we're built up in the euphoria of having a new system like yeah, if you look so at the, it with that's, a calculated that's mind, the thing that's is that's i was really off. surprised by like you going out and just going whole hot i mean you've gone out and bought all the games all the accessories and everything whereas i just literally had the system turn up and zelda that was it well that's you know, that, that's I, again that's where we differ and i think mark will come in with that in, his, in a way that yes i guess it might have been different if i'd have gone the zelda route because then i probably would have been glued to it and then i wouldn't have had any had to worry about anything else whereas i've done the complete opposite of that yeah. and bought every other thing available <laughs> other than zelda the full launch lineup <laughs> So, so Mark, you were on, you, uh, there's me moaning about the fact that I was working mostly that weekend. You actually were on holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd booked no. a city break um, uh, a good, good while before, actually, before the even the first trailer came out. Um, 
So then when they had the uh, the announcement, you know, the, the the press conference in Japan and then they announced the, the official launch day, I was like, oh shit, it comes out the day we fly out and we're flying out at some stupid time in the morning so I couldn't even like hope that it would turn up and I could take it with me. Oh. So uh, I had to get the uh, delivery uh, directed to my parents' house, um, went off to Rome for the weekend, came back reasonably late on Sunday evening, stopped off at theirs on the way back from the airport, picked it up. Brought home, uh, did the like initial setup and everything, and um, oh, on Sunday evening, uh, and then just went to sleep, and then woke up on Monday <laughs> and played Zelda for about six hours straight. I was gonna say how how nerve wracking <laughs> were those two days when you knew it was there, but you were in a completely <laughs> different country. I, it wasn't too bad because I was having a good time on holiday. I suppose, yeah, you've got like, your minds elsewhere, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much as exciting as we can muster because I think it is a case <laughs> of people got, were able to get it, which is great. I mean, yes, there was some sweating yeah. over, you know, tracking people's parcels. And I think, sadly, Amazon did end up getting some people's switches not on the launch day, which I can imagine mm. is a real pain when you're hearing there was about a situation. people walking into Argos and buying it off the shelf, you know. There was a situation with Amazon where... Um, if like I, I had my pre like when I pre-ordered at like ridiculous in the morning, um, if you went in and checked your delivery details and hit save, it would actually put you to the back of the queue. Oh right, okay. Ooh, which wow. happened to me basically. I my my switch had come up on Amazon at so I think they were like really really mon- like really really heavily queuing. Yes, with Prime as well, weren't they? Yeah. Like in other words, obviously I did mine through Prime, and I think my understanding is. Not rightly or wrongly, well, it is wrong, isn't it? It shouldn't be, but I think they do privilege pre-orders yeah. if they're made through Prime. And that was it. And then basically, so mine was coming on the 3rd, and then I went, I thought, oh, I wonder if I can, like, set it to, like, next day delivery or, you know, get it a bit quicker. Uh, this is this is long before the launch. Uh, and then I checked it and I went, oh, no, it's not not uh, not worth doing. Hit, hit save rather than cancel. And then it suddenly said I was going to get my Switch on the 7th. <laughs> and what it had done is it jumped me to the back of the queue. Oh. Uh, I'd like I went I went through customer services and whatever, and um, yeah, and then basically like about a week before, suddenly all those pe- uh, all those people in that queue up to a certain point all got upgraded to the third. So there were certain people who weren't going to get it early, who suddenly were getting it early. Some people who you know had done what I'd done and they they were going to get it early. And yeah, I think that was just a situation that they were really really intently queuing. Yeah, and there was that. that um, You were at that cut off or beyond, then that that was it. You just weren't going to get it on the day. And if you live near where they have those, is it Amazon now? Amazon Prime now? Like if you, so some people literally could have just woken up on the morning, thought, oh, do you know what? I am going to buy one after all. And they would have had it in their hands within like two hours. So, you know, so we're saying, listeners, if you were one of the unlucky ones, we are sorry that yours got delayed. But thankfully, yeah. this is an occasion where, you know, we did manage to all get it <laughs> delivered when it should have done. <laughs> all right. My um, girlfriend's little sister ordered uh, two of them through uh, directly through Nintendo. and Both of them turned up late. Oh, wow. Yeah, direct from Nintendo, so... Blimey. I'm ass- yeah. That'll obviously be, like, they're, I'm assuming they'll put the blame onto the, whatever courier that they're yeah, using. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that leads on to the accessories kind of nicely, actually, because I ordered, um, we'll go through what each of us kind of bought. Now, I I had already pre-ordered, as soon as I pre-ordered the system, I already went out and bought a 200 gigabyte, I think it's an SDHC card, like, you know, the you know used for the internal memory or whatever, at quite a good price. So that I had, had, had that, you know, sitting here, um, like the kind of, I don't know, 
the uh, <laughs> the prelude to a, a fine meal for like weeks and weeks and weeks. That was your starter. Exactly. Um, and then I've got the official carry case and screen protector like combo and the kind of plug charger for handheld mode from the Nintendo website. And they're the things I thought, oh, they might end up coming late, but they didn't. They, they came on the day, like no right. problems whatsoever. They came before um, the Switch itself, in fact. So that, that was really good. And um the the case because again like there's obviously gonna there's so much that kind of floods the market in the early days um i'm presuming both of you guys picked up sd cards and a carry case and a, and a screen protector for yours uh, i'd already got a micro sd card floating about from uh, a previous phone so um i was just using that and then i picked up uh, the official nintendo case from um uh, uh, uh um oh god what supermarket uh, asda Sorry, yeah, Asda on Saturday for like, I think it was 20 quid. Yeah, so it's, I, I, I mean, there's obviously going to be, I, I want to say more kind of prestige ones, but now that I've actually figured are, out how yeah. to put the Switch tablet in the case, I'm, I'm actually quite happy <laughs> with it. Yeah, I it's think one it's of like... those ones that had a funny kind of fold out bit that you can, it's meant to protect the screen, but you can also put carts in it. And I, it's weird because there's, there's branding, Is there's it? like branding on the top. And in the end, I had to put it in the other side that you would have assumed. See, that it would I. Go. I assume that little foldy bit was to support the middle of the back of the switch because the where the triggers are, it's slightly oh, raised. That's a good point, actually. It could be. I mean, I I think. Um, oh, it's a YouTuber that I think you guys follow, uh, John Denton. Yeah, he ended up doing a review of it, and it was there that I saw the way that he put it in the case. That I thought, oh right, okay, that's that's where I'm going wrong because I kept trying to have it what I presumed was upright, and it just didn't seem to settle in there. But to be honest. That's another thing I'm intriguing to know how you've been playing the system. I have not taken it out of the house at all. <laughs> so oh, right, I've not okay. even needed oh, the carry right. case. So to go, <laughs> let's just go to my accessory then because that kind of leads into that nicely. Um, I, I have not bought a memory card. I was not going to have a case. I That, that was it. I was just... I, I'm not one for that kind of stuff. Um, it ended up that I took it to work and I threw it in my backpack and I'm on a motorbike, and I go to work. So um, I just threw it in my backpack. Went, uh, it's like a laptop bag, and um, yeah, chucked that on straight to work on the motorbike. Got out, you know, been playing it at work in a lunch hour. Then thought to myself, do you know what? This isn't the most sensible thing to be chucking it just in a laptop bag in its home. Um, I might not actually need a hardcover case. So I just went straight to like Argos. Um, and found they had a hoary hardcover case for it for the Nintendo Switch. Mm. Everywhere I was looking, it was like thirty quid, thirty-five quid. Argos, fifteen quid. Mm. It's literally around the corner. Went down, picked it up, click and collect. Jobs are good, and, and uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. It's got a lovely like hard top on it. I could throw it in my backpack. It's got like you were saying about the little flap that goes over the screen, so it keeps it nice and protected and stuff. I think it's br- it's been absolutely brilliant. I love it. But I was not intending to buy it whatsoever, you know. I've, but I, I can actually say, hand on heart, it's probably one of the best things I've bought for it. You know, there is a, um, a case that's kind of like the uh, iPad smart cover available for yes. the Switch, but only in Japan at the moment. Oh, oh I've not seen like, that. I'd be intrigued to, the, to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's like attaches to the back and like flips over to protect the screen, but also doubles as a, a, a stand, a more robust stand than the built-in kickstand. But only available in Japan at the moment, unfortunately. Before we like get onto sort of 
not in detail unboxing, but like our setting the system up and our initial impressions. I was just going to say about kind of screen protectors because obviously there's been a few widespread stories on the internet about issues with scratching. Um, mm-hmm. I, I and also about the heat. You know, like when you have it docked, um, the the kind of heat yeah, temperature. I've had, I've had the fan kicking a couple of times. I think I think people have saying that not only if they haven't got a screen protector on. They they've had some of the scratching on the the bezel around around it, but also some people are saying that they've had a a plastic screen protector on it. You know, like the the simple stick on ones, which I must admit mine is a variant of that. But I've mm-hmm. luckily I've not had this issue. But the heat is making it bubble more excessively than right. you ordinarily would find. That they All do right. so. There's these new ones like tempered glass or something. Yeah, that yeah. Buying. I can't imagine that being too much of a problem because like the switch doesn't really get any hotter than you know, a modern mobile phone can when you're playing games on that. I've had mobile phones that get way hotter than this. Oh, yeah. But then again, I've got to say, that's that's probably because it's vented a lot better than a modern mobile phone as well. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we are recommending, I think, you know, getting a screen protector is probably a good idea. Yeah, it's probably a (laughs) must, yeah. I've got some very, very, very... you can hardly see them unless you get them in the right light, like little scratches on the side of uh, one side of my screen. From I've docked it three times, and um, I, how sad is that that I've actually counted the amount of times I've docked it? But <laughs> yeah, I've docked it three times, and after the second time, I had these tiny little sort of like whispery, almost like um, uh, a spider web, sort of a couple of little scratches. Like you can hardly see them. So I've you've very, not very got lucky. a screen protector on yours, then? I've got no screen protector. No, no. Again, I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'll be one. I'm one of these people. Like I, just, I just don't. Don't see the need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is that it, for me, for me, it sullies the the sullies the piece of equipment if I'm having to cover it in stickers and yeah, you know, I I don't want that. I want it to be pure and virginal and exactly how it came out of the box sort of thing even if right i find it will get it will get scratched it gets scratched it's being used you know I'm, I'm one of those people i'm a little bit too industrial with it i suppose but um yeah i am a, i am slightly annoyed that the dock has the potential to scratch my screen uh, you it's know, a bit of a um, it's a, a bit of an oversight. Floor. Have yeah. you seen some of like the ghetto fixes people have been coming up with on Reddit? Yeah, like? I'm half tempted to do the. I've got a load of that felt stuff that you put um, you put under your seat, like under your sofas and stuff to stop yeah. them sliding on wooden floors. Yeah. I've got a whole strip of that, and I'm thinking about cutting those into into my switch and kind of sticking them down so that it's got a nice little protective layer over it. You mm. know, I'm considering it, but it's one of those ones where it's like. I feel a bit sad doing this. You know, have, <laughs> if I'm if I'm having to do this, you know, then I might as well not be using it at all. You know, I might as well just plug it into the wall and just not use the dock. You know, mm. I just, well, it I, just feels too ghetto, like you say. Yeah, I mean, I've gone for the screen protector just because, like, this is a system that is going to be used by all yeah. you know adults and children alike. So, I'm, I'm, but I do completely appreciate what you're saying because it doesn't matter how perfect and how much time you agonise over applying that screen yeah. protector the fact is there's always a bit of like dust or something under there it's never it. immaculate and then i've got like this tiny little one like right in the middle of my site so it just frustrates me like so every time i look what at you it, need <laughs> is a burnisher see i well, in the graphic design industry um i've been taught how to apply vinyls and um, you have a little tool that's like um i, I can't really explain it but it's like um almost like the back of a spoon but it's very very tiny so what you do is you, you 
there's a certain technique for laying down a vinyl, but then when you get bubbles in it, you get this little thing and you, you can push out the bubbles. Yeah, yeah. I and think I've got something similar, for. but I'm obviously much more low-tech version. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. I'm, I'm persevering as it is. I mean, I'd rather that in a way than permanent scratches. But um, no, talking about like unboxing, like well, and, and Aaron, is, we, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, yeah. just before we move on, a uh, pro tip for putting on screen protectors is have a shower and then do it in the bathroom after you've had a shower because the steam helps... Yeah. Like, get rid of dust. And basically. how did you find this out? <laughs> uh, because I've had... Because I, I know I've, I've had so much trouble putting on screen protectors in the past. And I was like, I just I just Google searched, like, how to put on a screen... What's the best <laughs> environment? Uh, how can you... The best way to create a dust-free environment for a screen protector? They said, like, just have a hot shower and then do it in the bathroom afterwards because the, like, the humidity and the steam gets rid of dust. Okay, well, there you nice. go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, once obviously unboxing it, or origi- like the, the first thing that hit me is just generally the box itself of the Switch was a lot smaller than I was expecting, and obviously that followed through to the actual hardware inside, and I did get the dock out first, and as soon as I felt that, I was like, oh, this really feels kind of cheap and toy-like, yeah. you know, everything I didn't yeah. think the Switch looked like. But um, very, you know, fortunately, once I'd got the tablet out and felt the kind of heft of that, um, not that it's heavy, but it's it's definitely feels. Um, it's a, it's a know, dense piece of equipment. Exactly. It? Yeah. I mean, it really felt satisfying. I thought, oh wow, that's you know, and the Joy-Con as well. Although they were small, as I did expect, they they immediately felt far better than I than I feared. And I think in a way that's probably why i've not gone you know it might be because i've not got zelda as well but i haven't felt the need to go and get a pro controller yet not that i, I don't desire mm. one for the future maybe but mm. the um i was so impressed actually with the joy con and then obviously getting the the second set so now i'm set up you know i've got a joy con for every member of my house you know so i can do four player multiplayer but um you know them as a controller in itself i've found uh much more satisfying and problem free than i than i thought i would because of course we'd heard again like the scratches another story had been people having these um desync issues where mm. unfortunately i've not had any of that but again no. it could be that some people are and some people aren't you know mm. yeah i mean i've been using mine in like solely in handheld mode and so therefore i just wouldn't be getting that issue at all of course yeah they're saying it happens more when you've got it in um is in it like grip. i'm going to call it wiimote way like you know when you've got one joy con in each hand possibly is when they're finding it um i'm not sure are they saying it also happens when you have it as you know like the little nes controller on the side um so you you know you get you have one joy con and you give the other to a partner to play well, they're saying they've had the problems top, with that have they it's the top of the left joy con so if you've got your hand over the top left left panel then apparently yeah. that's what can cause issues but like I said, I, ha- I haven't had any. I'm not saying there isn't because I've seen a lot of YouTube videos and stuff. So I know yes, it's a thing. Yes, yes. I think it's just, it is, the thing is with this, this system that's, that I, I'm really impressed with is just a multitude of ways that it, it fits into how you play. So like I've been playing it solely in handheld mode. Lots of other people have been playing it in kind of Wii mode, like with the two grips solely off without any grip at all. Some people have been having it docked into the little grip that comes with it. Some people have been using the pro controllers. And I'm just really interested that this is probably the first system that's had like multiple different ways that you can control it. Or out of the box, yeah. Out of the box and be so customizable. I'm really interested. I find that really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that um, that's where the Switch is performing kind of at its best. Obviously, if you are trouble-free, because I know not everyone is. I mean, mm. I know Kev has had some real issues with one of his Joy-Con just not being recognised and completely drained yeah. of charge. So I know it's that's an anomaly. But um, 
No, ordinarily, that, that really is where it excels. I mean, I've had it predominantly docked and played it as a home console, which I didn't anticipate was going to be the scenario at all. But we, I thought, oh, my son will possibly have a go at it, but there won't be the games library there for him, and it might be a bit more fiddly for him, you know, texture-wise. He'll go straight back to the Wii U. Nope. He has literally just always gone for the Switch. You know, like I'm obviously having to limit his gameplay time. But yeah. I mean, the fact is he's got on with that so well. Like he's can, he can do it with um, just in handheld mode, fine. He can do it with the Joy-Cons in the grip, which and I must say the grip itself, again, I wasn't expecting it, but that is more than satisfactory as a I was going to say to you, do you remember me speaking to you on the, the kind of uh, the launch of this you know of, of yeah the, the system, london hands-on london yeah, yeah the hands-on yeah. event and do you remember me saying it, it it feels small but it doesn't feel overly small it, it was mm. just like yeah. the absolute minimum you know and um i'd just be interested to see like how, how you felt because how you felt about it because i'm just it was too it was too difficult to, to describe to someone who hasn't picked it up yeah, I, I think, I mean, Mark will obviously be qualified to talk about it because he's obviously played with both because he's got a pro controller as well. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't. Oh, oh you don't? Oh, sorry, I, I thought you no, got I one. No, I thought no. you got one at launch. Well, no, I, I've been so satisfied with the Joy-Con in any yeah. configuration that I haven't gone and got the pro controller. And I think it might take a more expansive... I don't know, traditional, I guess, gaming experience that might mm. force my hand. I mean, don't get me wrong, I always wanted to get a Wii U Pro Controller, but in the end I didn't because the price never came down and mm, I, yeah. in the end I'd got so used to using the kind of gamepad or using the Wiimote. So yeah. It's like anything. I think you can adapt and get used to it, but the Pro Controller is a luxury if you that can I'm adapt open to. An to. If you can adapt to a Nintendo 64 controller, you can adapt to anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've really been impressed with the grip. I know there's it's not premium. It's not going to be um, ideal for everyone and for every single game, but it's, it's, it's more than kind of stood up to my expectations. And I think that's probably true, actually, of a lot of the, the kind of hardware side. Um, apart from a few little niggles, like I'm finding that the Wi-Fi, when I'm not actually actively downloading yeah. something, is incredibly weak or, or, or a lot weaker than I, than I assumed it would be. Like I'm, I'm very, I only get three bars. Well, this is when the system's docked. The handheld, it's quite robust actually, but when it's docked, um, you know, downloaded the kind of day one patch, perfect, downloaded some games off the eShop, some demos, fine, you know, got all the SD card ready. It was all you know, got my Mies over and set up like multiple profiles for everyone in the house as well as, um, you know, on the region free eShops. That was all so much like really easy and that's kind of in a way leading into the operating system, which I know is kind of threadbare, but it's actually very smooth, very quick. Mm. Mm. Um, but no, yeah, when the system's like idle, um, I'm noticing it drop into like two or one bar. And it's meaning that kind of eShop videos are buffering like crazy. It seems to come They've, and go. That's but... always been the way, though. They buffered on the, the 3DS. They buffer on the Wii U. Yeah. So this is Nintendo managing their network, then. It's not the hardware yeah, has got a weak signal they, they, or something. They're not using a, like, sort of, obviously, with Xbox, they have their massive, like, server rooms mm. that they that they maintain, you know, um, other places, like, to just offload their stuff to, like, Amazon and stuff like that. Uh, places that have just massive server farms, whereas I think Nintendo aren't uh, uh, hold just a smaller 
you know, a smaller farm basically mm. that, that they use. And the problem is, is when everyone's battering it, especially day one as well, like you know, and and like sort of launch week. But they're they're, they're just traditionally not known for like pushing that kind of stuff because they they kind of assume that you're going to go to the internet and find this stuff out anyway, mm. and check these videos out. So it's kind of like an uh, an afterthought. Well, I think once, like, maybe... I know there are some online games already out there, and I have dabbled in a bit of my online multiplayer, but I think when Mario Kart 8 Deluxe hits, I think it's going to be apparent to me and maybe some others that if we've got a model that's got an inherent kind of Wi-Fi weakness, then that will show... I'm really hoping that isn't the case. I think you'll find a firmware update before the Mario Kart Deluxe comes out. Yeah. I'm hoping there is anyway, because yeah. like, like you say, I've been reading a lot about this Wi-Fi issue. And it does seem like it's just like like you say a firmware thing, but um, and I'm <laughs> then again, having said that, you know, you know what you know what Nintendo's like, you know, they they might just never fix it exactly, it's, and then just reiterate on the actual tablet device. And I have heard some it. people say they're not buying one yet because they didn't want, you know, Zelda wasn't enough for them. Like, maybe if Mario had been launch title, they might have come always, on, you know. You'll always get the people. I mean, from the Amstrad Spectrum days all the <laughs> way through, you're always going to have someone going, oh, I'm not buying the first one. Oh, I'm not buying the first one, because <laughs> the second one would be so much better. It's just the, it's the, it's the lament of the guy who just doesn't have the money to buy the system day one. It's, you know, it's uh, it, it annoys me. It, it does annoy me because it's just like, all right, fine. I get why you're not buying one, but you're, if you're, it's like with PC parts. You always hear it with, "I'll buy this graphics card," and then as soon as you say on Twitter, "I'm going to buy this graphics card," ten minutes later, you get, "Oh, don't buy that one. The next one's out in three months." It's just like, if, well, I'm never going to buy one if you know if if I'm always waiting for the next one. You know, that, that sometimes is very it does, true. <laughs> sometimes it does you a favour, like with the with the DS. If you'd have bought the first DS, that big fat boy DS. Yes, I mean, I did get the light. Gutted. I did get the DS light with that. Yeah, so, so I'm so guilty no, sometimes, of that. <laughs> sometimes it sometimes it works in your favour. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's kind of part of being a a day one adopter. I suppose you have to kind of buy into that. If you don't, then. I don't know, you're just fooling yourself a little bit, I think. But yeah, having these people, it's like, oh no, you don't want to do that. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> so uh, Mark then, um, do you want to, have you got, you know, your own sort of story about how you felt, you know, actually having the stuff in your hands? Because obviously we know Chazzy had kind of already played the system previously. Um, so, well, the, the, apart from what's already been mentioned about it, when you get the dock out and you think, ah, oh, this does feel a bit cheap, it's just literally just a piece of plastic with a USB port, well, three USB ports, HDMI port and the um, USB-C in. Yeah. Um, the actual unit itself, I thought, feels fantastic. The Joy-Cons themselves feel fantastic as well. Uh, it's... Uh, there are lots. They were even smaller. I knew they were going to be smaller, but they're even smaller than I thought they would be. Really? Um, <clears throat> and I was a little bit concerned at first because I'd heard people talk about you know oh, the the Joy Cons in the, in the little sad dog face grip um, <laughs> just feel uncomfortable. You're going to have to get a pro controller. Getting a pro controller is a must. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to have to get a pro controller. Uh, and then I sat down on on the first day uh, with it properly and and played like six hours straight of Zelda using that little grip and the grip itself is it's just a cheap bit of plastic yeah um, I mean I was interested to see it's got a little bit of electronics in the middle of it to kind of uh, I don't know it's got the show, lights yeah show that uh, they've no, been synced isn't it that's not even electronics that's literally just a um, just some plastic 
like uh, it's just a bit of plastic that reflects the light from the inside of the Joy-Con up onto that screen. Oh really? <laughs> the front. Yeah. Wow. There's well, nothing. There, there is nothing in there at all. <laughs> um, which is, I thought, I think it's a shame that they didn't bundle the uh, one with the USB port where you can charge it with the different yes. But um, <clears throat> I have no problems with it at all. It does not feel too small at all. Like the sticks are somewhere between a um, Xbox uh, PlayStation style and what you get on the Vita. It's like somewhere in between. Uh, better than the Vita. I haven't got quite the same you know, amount of uh, quite as much throw and the sticks aren't as big as they are on, on a proper controller. Um, and the buttons are about the same size as they are on a 3DS or a Vita, but I haven't had any problems with it whatsoever. I, it no. feels perfectly comfortable to use. And I've, I did wonder whether um it was because for a while i'd just been playing zelda um <clears throat> i thought maybe you know it feels fine with zelda maybe it, something that's going to use that's going to be a little bit more twitchy might struggle uh, with those little sticks uh the big test will be when they have that open beta for splatoon 2 yeah because i want to see what it's like playing a shooter with those little sticks but yeah, i've so been I placing have tr- um, i have trouble with um the archery in Zelda because of yeah. the twin sticks thing. So yeah, it's gonna be well, very, I've been using like a combination of the stick and the motion controls to, to aim yeah. the, most things in that. To be honest, I, I wonder if um, that's going to translate to Splatoon. You know, well, Splatoon, uh, the first Splatoon had motion controls on that's as it. default to start with, and you had to turn it off um, to play it another way. So we'll see what that's like. Uh, mm. But uh, I have been playing a decent amount of um, fast uh, RMX. Right. Which is like quite a, you know, well, it's a ridiculously fast-paced wipeout-style racing game. Uh, yeah. And that's fine on those sticks. Absolutely fine. I've, I've been thinking about picking it up, and, and it's it's good to hear that actually it's... That was one of the things that was, that was putting me off buying it was, is it going to be too difficult to play a twitchy game like that with those sticks? But it's it's nice to hear that that's, that's actually, you know, that's put my mind at rest, to be honest. Well, the Pro Controller is supposed to feel really nice. Hmm. But I just at the moment I don't feel like can't I justify need the it. price when you just spent no. three hundred odd quid on a exactly. <laughs> you know, on a, on I'd, a I'd rather spend that money on a couple of games. So before we get to you know the actual games that we picked up on day one or you know in the days uh, that have followed that and been playing, I just wanted to say. Um, Sorry about getting the Miis across. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, you use like an Amiibo. That's how it's simple enough. You can go to um, ah, your Wii no U. Idea. You can yeah. go to your Wii U and, cha- See, and now- change your own. Like, in other words, all the Amiibo I own, which is only a few, were all in Harrison's name. So I could get his mm. me across. But then I had to go into the Wii U and change the ownership to both my, me oh. and my wife's. And then I got them all over. So that's not a problem. So, yeah, I think as far as I'm aware, that's the easiest way of getting them across. It's yeah. just to See, use your Amiibo. This is, this is an issue I've had with the OS in general. And that is that nothing's explained and they, I know they have that news section that kind of says, oh, well, you can do this and you can do that. And I've learned quite a bit through that. But there's lots of like weird little arcane rules about <laughs> about things like like when you don't just like like charging it, for instance, if I put it to sleep mode and put it in the dock, like I'm expecting the orange light on the bottom of the dock to come on, not for the mm. screen to show a charging symbol. Yes, yes. And stuff like that. Or And turning or, the thing off. Like I've, I've, been taking, thing off. I've been taking it out of the dock and powering it off via yeah, the button. It. That's how that's, that's the only way I can work out how to actually now, get it off. Did did you know you can hold down the home button and that brings up a separate menu that has a power off and a flight mode? Yeah. 
Right. I, I discovered didn't. that I discovered that by accident though. Exactly. It doesn't it doesn't it, tell you. It never tells you <laughs> yeah. anywhere that you can do that. You can just hold the button down and turn it off. You don't have to like reach your hand up to the top of the screen to turn it off or put it into sleep mode or whatever. There, there's other options. There's all these like little hidden bits that are just like sort of you just hear from someone one day, Oh, I found this thing. It's kind of like in in one way it's kind of nice, it's that kind of Oh, I'm learning something new. I found the secret hidden doorway. <laughs> to, yeah, you know. like the uh, the different sounds that it makes when you have to push a button three times to wake it up from sleep. That's like, it. Depending on what button you push, it makes a different noise. Yeah, there's been there's, loads of that, isn't there? There's a lot of sense. The hidden messages weird... on the pro controllers and things. That's, that's <laughs> it. And then, uh, like, so there's this lovely little bit of discovery, but at the, at the same time, you're just like, I want the functionality. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you have just explained that? I'm sure I've missed something. There's probably like a manual in that box somewhere that I've just completely like done the full bloke thing and just gone, don't read that, right, go. But well, yeah, Have no, you so, managed yeah. to do the, the region-free profiles like for the eShop? Because I think that's probably uh, the most useful thing to get. get see, I, have, I, I saw you do that. Again, didn't know how you'd done it. Couldn't get my head around it. And yeah, just sort of, I'm a little bit scared of it. I know it sounds weird, but it's like, I don't want to put my email address in and, you know, like pretend that I'm in Japan. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just well, it's, weird it's, on, it's simpler way. than other sort of workarounds on other consoles. I mean, yeah, you literally my, just tell it that you live in Japan. In yeah, Japan. Oh, okay. I mean, you just need to have a unique email. So you're essentially setting up another yeah. My Nintendo account because you can have like unlimited ones and you're just entering the region. And then yeah. obviously you just have to make sure you enter that information again in the profile set up on the so, the switch. But I mean, obviously there's there are because the switch went out to press and the Nintendo brand ambassadors early. Mm. I must confess there are some really really good like YouTube coverage oh, yeah. that they've put up because you'll find yeah. most of this stuff out like not just having to read yeah. an article. There's somebody actually physically doing it on screen for you. So yeah, that's definitely something if people are intrigued about that, it's worth doing just because like on day one to bolster your kind of games that you can play. So a, question I've, a question I've got on that, obviously for demos, that's great, because obviously you're going to get the Japanese demos and stuff, But and, and it's region free, so that's brilliant. But how easy is it going to be to add funds to that account and maybe buy something from the Japanese store if it... Yeah, I think that's that will be where it gets more complex. I mean, I think it will be relative. It'll be a little bit more straightforward for the North American eShop because it's obviously all in English and you can buy. Um, I think it's all about buying uh, the cards, like the um, the vouchers. I guess what are they call yeah. you know, like you buy just the yeah, kind like of game card, points card. Yeah, exactly. You buy. You need to make sure you're buying it in the currency of the eShop. You want to. You want to. You know, buy something on. Right. Um, but I, I think that there has been sort of outlets springing up for that purpose. I was going to say, PlayAsia will probably be doing a roaring yeah. trade in those, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right, though. There hasn't been a game yet that I've, I've taken the plunge and bought, although there are games no. on the Japanese eShop that are fully support English. So I'm things gonna, like... I'm going to be honest, It's I'm just worrying about double Dragon Quest. <laughs> I might buy Dragon Quest what, on the, the Japanese store. <laughs> but you can't... That's so text-heavy. I mean, I must that's admit, I mean. my son has been playing it non-stop, so he doesn't care. Clearly, he just yeah. wants to run around in, in that world. But... Um, so that that is one of the demos. No, I think I, I think download. it's um, is it Dragon? They've got Dragon Quest Ten and they've got Dragon Quest Eleven. And I think Eleven's coming, but Ten isn't. And I'm just I might I might be tempted. Well, you can get for j- just for like you know clarity, you can get Disgaea Five now on the Japanese eShop, and it's not coming yeah. out in the UK for quite a while. Um, but you because that's fully English supported language in the game. Mm. Master Blaster was there day one. I mean, I know we've got that now because that was the game 
that got updated on the UK shop, but that was there supporting full English on day one. Um, yeah. But then it's more like you say, it's the demo. So I got Puyo Puyo Tetris because I knew that wasn't going to be text heavy and I could yeah. I could get on with that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I've, it's something to maybe look into a bit further down the line when you get a situation where there might be like months of delay, like I'm thinking of in the past, um, North America got Fire Emblem Fates and we had to wait like, is it four months or something to get it in the UK? So I can imagine in that scenario, if you're a diehard fan of that franchise, you're going to just mm. go on the American eShop. I'm just really pleased it's an option that was there because we were a bit yeah. hazy about it before. And I'm just really pleased yeah. that that's open. And I worry that they're going to clamp down on it somehow. Because, you know, technically you can go on the American, the North American eShop and buy the launch games digitally cheaper. Well, they did say that the console the was going to be region free. Like they made a point of saying that during the, the like the launch press conference day, um, that it was region free. So, yeah, know. but I think we, I, and I assumed they did mean these shop, but I think uh, there was a few naysayers at that time. So I'm really pleased at the minute that it's it's there. So yeah. I mean, getting on to the games then. So you went obviously Zelda Breath of the Wild, like I imagine most people did, Chazzy, mm-hmm. and so did you, Mark. So that was like, yeah. you got that delivered with the Switch then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I've got a physical copy of that. I, you know, as far as I'm concerned with the Switch, I am going to try and go physical as much as humanly possible, which is complete, counter to the trend. Counter, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to to everyone else. Only because of the whole Vita issue. Um, I had a Vita, and there was issues with just basically clearing out the fridge and not being able oh, to. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of kind of shuffling about memory cards and stuff like that and it just got to the point where it was better on the Vita to just have everything physical and just like switch the carts in and out so you weren't constantly having to kind of oh I've got to put this memory card in or you know like admittedly like the Switch has got bigger storage and blah 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 but and it's not proprietary you know like the, the PlayStation 1 it was only the, That's it. their own card that you could use so you're right I'm hoping the much larger capacity at more of affordable price because it's more kind of universal will mean that I don't have to go down that route although I thought I might go all digital but no I'm still buying yeah. the cart games that you know I've the cart releases the other, the other thing as well is I find that digital the digital pricing at the moment oh, it's is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's more and expensive than the retail. It's not even on par. I know that there's this argument that you can't undercut the retailers or whatever because it yeah. sullies your relationship with them, but they're not even on par. So you're no, getting exactly. you know there, there were certain games that were like you know four I think it was like five pound or even ten pounds more well, than the physical way. release. Joke. I got, I, I got Zelda. I got Zelda for thirty eight quid. Yeah, you know. through Amazon, was it? Through Amazon, yeah. yeah For yeah. 38 quid, and it's like... 60 quid, was, I think it, it was. It was like 60 quid on, yeah. on the on the eShop. And it's just like, well, it's a no-brainer. Insanity. I'm just going to get it physically, yeah. Because I know, like, Kev would say also um, physical, because then you can at least trade it in to get some value if that's Absolutely. what you're going to do. Um, whereas I'd, I'd happily go all digital if the prices were... They could match what the retailers hmm. offer but that's just never that's never ever seen going to be to happen and I, and there's this whole debate going on at the minute about why switch games are more expensive and some people are saying oh it's because you know there's more development time which goes in the face of no, that whole big thing about how this was meant to be easy to develop for and then there's other people saying oh it's because the cartridges cost more to make well hold on a minute you don't make a cartridge for a digital release so why can't that be cheaper than the retail it's all just 
bollocks. Like we've yeah, never absolutely. the, the I mean, golden age of digital has not arrived. Like we were told it was going to mean cheaper games and the end of bricks and mortar, but it's just no. never happened. Uh, well, yeah, it does I mean, to a degree. It, I mean, on Steam, it, it, it the, oh, well, the sorry, games yeah, are a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but if you're looking at PSN as well, I mean, that, you look they, at you like some amazing deals. The rise of Steam on PC meant the end of being able to buy PC games in physical game shops. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely, it just completely killed it. Yeah, you know? and so the, it, it can be done. It's just that you know, the, would you would you cut all slash all the prices of your games if you knew you could still get. 50 60 quid for them of course you didn't you know like my, all these place, places are just trying to keep it bobbing along at a lovely you know a lovely level so they're making an, a nice bit of money you know they're not mm. they're not gonna be they're not gonna be nice to you or i you know they're, well, they're, they're out to make money there's definitely the rocky times ahead because you've already had people say they are not buying um that anticipated i think it's like an indie game that was coming out you were a fan of it mark you'd mentioned it in the past forgotten it already it's like Star a boy Valley. No, no, it's a boy. Not, not. It's um, I think it's a, a young boy, and he's got like a, a an animal companion. It's coming out multi-platform. Oh, it's coming that, soon. Um, I forgot already. French, French indie game. Yes, and there's and um, it's going to be ten pounds more as well. Rhyme. That's it. Sorry, that is the one I'm talking yeah. about. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So they're saying it's ten pounds more to buy on the Switch. So there's people already saying that's it. They're not going to buy that. So that's going to be you know a, a hit to a third-party game possibly. Then you've just had announced, which I totally didn't realise, that Pio Poi Tetris is a physical release and it's going to be like, again, £10 or something more expensive on cart than it's going to be mm. on the other platforms. I thought Pio Poi Tetris was a digital title <laughs> that was going to but, be like yeah. 15 quid. <laughs> but this is the thing is that people are trying to get their money where they can while the hype's still going and people are desperate for a game. So they'll chuck the extra tenner on and go, well, they'll pay the extra tenner because... You know, they've only got two games on their Switch and, you know, they'll pay the extra tenner as like a new new machine yeah, tax. It's bollocks. Almost. I mean, it's so, that is so antagonising though, but I do agree it does happen. And I feel I did ultimately, you know, walk blindly into that by getting Super One Man Art, which is not as bad as everyone says, and we'll get to that, but it's definitely <laughs> got an inflated price tag on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so... Talk, talk to me about your games, because, I mean, I have literally just got Well, yeah, Zelda, you and Mark, yeah, why don't you guys talk about Zelda first? That's probably the game that most of the listeners would have got I, as I'd, well. I'll be honest with you, I, I want to I try and stay away from it as much as possible, because I'd love to do a game club about this one day. Yes, but, yes, got yeah, about spoilers, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. as, as much as you can then. I mean, I've as not played it at all, so anything you say is going to be kind of yeah. new to I me, mean, so if you two want to talk about what you kind of... You know, what was your initial impressions on? I made an absolutely <laughs> outlandish statement in in the sort of uh, pre-launch event, uh, saying this could possibly be the best Zelda that's ever been made. And I've literally between the time in the time between now and that recording, I've been sitting there going, "Oh no, I should never have said that." <laughs> I, I'm going to get called out on it. People are going to go, "Oh, you're ridiculous." And then all the ten out of tens came along, and yep. that beautiful Famitsu cover, mm. the Ocarina of Time Link handing over the, the Master Sword to um, you know the Breath of the Wild Link, mm. and you just and I was like, "Oh no, I was right. It might be. It <laughs> might." And then I got my hands on it, and it's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I just, I've never played a game. Uh, no, actually, it's not strictly true. I have played a game that has blown me away as much, but I think this game, for whatever reason, just hits so many of the notes of the things that I'm looking for out of a game. 
um and and it's doing that lovely thing of just surprising me every sort of 10 15 20 minutes and mm. it, oh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go off on one and get very <laughs> flouncy about it but the level of creativity not only from the developers themselves but that it instills in you mm-hmm. to get around problems is yep. just mind-blowing and the, like the complete lack of hand-holding. Like Zelda mm. has, as a series recently, has been re- very, very hand-holdy. It's like, formulaic. Yeah, I mean, playing through... Because the last one I played through before this was the uh, HD remaster of um, uh, The Wind Waker, which is my favourite Zelda game. But up it, to this point, it was my favourite Zelda game. I loved it even yeah. more than Ocarina of Time. Um and the first few hours of that is just so handholdy and tutorial based and then this one comes along and it's like it'll tell you what button to press to swing a weapon uh, yeah. and that's about it to be honest everything it'll else you have you, to find yeah. out on your own it'll basically it basically from the first moment you wake up it tells you how to climb how to swing a weapon mm-hmm. and and how to use the Sheikah slate and yeah, and how to use a sleek sheet slate, and that's within the first thirty seconds. And, then, and that's and that's then the Wii U tablet sort of device, is it? The yeah, that's, it. Slate? that's yeah. the tablet yeah. thing. And then that's it. That that is the tutorial done. As soon as you leave, basically the opening area, it's like right, you, we're done. You've, we're you've done got everything you, you need to survive. Off, yeah. you, off you go. And you just think, wow, that, like like most games, that's a that's a twenty minute, thirty minute tutorial with a load of speech and text and. But all this does, as I said before in, in that, that pre-launch event, you just get shown the fallout vista of the world. You get told, right, well, there's your playground. Away you go. And you, you can go in any direction, wherever you want. And, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. It's just that thing. It's just to have the confidence in your product and your in your game that you can just go, no, just go. Work it out mm. yourself. You know, we, we've we've done all the thinking for you. You just... You know, if you can come up with it, you can pretty much do it in this game. Yeah. You know, it's like, like as, as an example, um, you've got, I don't know, uh, you have a tower you've got to climb and you've got to get somewhere. So you're, you're stood at the top of this tower and you can see in the distance uh, a shrine. And these shrines are like basically mini dungeons. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, like a yeah, very short dungeon based on a, based on a particular mechanic. That's it. Yeah, uh, and some of them are quite involved. Some of them are not so involved. Some of them are incredibly involved. Uh, and you think, right, okay, I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna go to that shrine. It looks quite a way away. So you you jump off and you're floating through midair and you you get like a little paraglider. Yeah, that's the and thing I've seen on all the trailers. That that does look great fun. That's yeah. it, and it's brilliant. And you just think, right, okay, so I'm, I'm floating along, but I'm gonna. I'm going to run out of stamina. So what, what do I what do I do? I'm going to come down in this. Uh, I'm going to come down in this lake. So you think, oh well, I'll splash down in this lake. But but the thing is, is because your stamina's drained. You, if you land in the water, you haven't got enough stamina to swim far enough to get back to land. Or you know, is that a thing? And then you have to sort of, oh my god, I'm not going to have enough, you know, stamina to swim, and I'm going mm. to die. Oh no! And then you get a sudden panic on. Then you have to suddenly change directions and get creative and go right. Where can I land this thing? Right, there's a cliff. Aim for the cliff. I'll grab onto the cliff. Yes, but if you grab onto the cliff, you still haven't got enough stamina to climb up or down. To climb yeah. up onto yeah, something. Yeah, this is sounding much more because um, I'm so ignorant, not just of this game, but of Zelda in general. Um, mm. This is sounding much more survival 
that's it. Slash oh, adventure, yeah, yeah. I guess, like, than I kind of thought it would be. It's been yeah. inspired by so many games like Minecraft mm. and, uh, like I say, the Assassin's Creed games, the Far Cry games. Um, Dark Souls. Dark Souls, Portal. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. I mean, there's so many influences in this game, but everything has that Nintendo like level of sheen where it's... It, Whereas some other games, like maybe with a portal, where the, the the puzzles are very sort of really make you think, they just dull that back a couple of steps and still make you feel clever for doing this amazing puzzle. But they give you enough of a, a handhold that you can kind of, oh no, no, you do this and you do this and then it all works and it's fine, you know. Um, that like, can I can I give away spoilers? Am I allowed to give away spoilers? <laughs> well, it won't make any difference to me. <laughs> Because <laughs> as I say, right. I, I doubt I'll play it. It sounds all oh, too mo- too overwhelming. <laughs> like so, let me let me put it another way. So, all all the way through the game, it's it's fostering creativity. It's making you think. You're not just going from A to B mindlessly. You're having to consider the environment, consider whether you're going to survive, consider whether uh, there's there's the temperature meter. So you as you go higher and higher in the world, it gets colder and colder because obviously the air's getting thinner. So then you're having to find clothes that keep you warm and so on and so forth. And so, like I say, you're constantly having to be creative about, can I get to this area? Is it going to be too cold? Can I cook something that's then going to warm me up so I I can get three minutes of heat resistance? All this kind of stuff. There's loads of these little mechanics all going on. But like I say, it's, it's, it's making... Some people will go and make a thousand rations of spicy pepper soup that's going to keep them hot and then get through the cold area. Other people will go and find someone... Get a heat resistant, uh, get a cold resistant uh, outfit, then go into that area. Um, like with with the puzzles, I'll, I'm going to give one puzzle away because it it's a puzzle that also shows the bad side of this game as well because it's not all good. There's a quite a, quite a bit of niggly stuff with it, but there's one puzzle in this game where you go into a shrine. It's a mini dungeon, and, and it's one of those um, you know where you sort of roll the ball through a, through a maze. Have you ever had those when you were a kid and you had like little, uh, I don't know, like little rods and you would turn the little rods and it would move the move the plate and the ball would run around the maze and you would have to get it from one end to the other. That's essentially what this puzzle is. And I'm playing predominantly in handheld mode. So you've got the tablet in front of you and you're literally rocking the tablet around and about and it feels amazing because you're like rolling a ball with the tablet and you think, oh, this is really fun. Then you realise that as the ball drops out, if you tip the tablet forward, you can actually just get it straight to the end of the um, maze before you've before you've even started. So you don't have to go around any of the maze at all. And then you realise, <laughs> hold on, if I just flip the tablet over, it flips flips the map out, like flips the whole maze over, and it's completely flat on the other side. Right, and then you can just do away with the maze completely and just roll the ball straight off the edge and off to off to the uh you know the little area where you need to get the ball is that like rewarding what, ingenuity though like an experimentation that's what I mean. it's rewarding <laughs> experimentation and creativity what's annoying is is the fact that because it's in handheld mode you can't flip that maze over because you're literally having to hold it upside down so what I've had to do, what I ended up having to do was just play it the, backwards. <laughs> li- literally, yeah, literally, undo the Joy Cons, put them into the grip, put the grip on the table, let everything reset, then 
lift the grip up, turn the grip upside down, and then use that to do the motion sensor so that I could then get the ball to the end of the mode. <laughs> and then you should just think, this is blow. Part of me thinks that's amazing. And then part of me thinks that is so, like, not they haven't thought about that. And there's loads of little bits like that where you think, that's amazing, but, oh, they haven't thought about that, have they? Is this but, like yeah. uh, the sort of sh- sh- the signs of how it's been a transition tile across two platforms? Because obviously, I think a lot of people were quite surprised that there's not really much touchscreen or no touchscreen in the game. Because originally that probably would have been there for the yeah. Wii U version. I mean, I, that, that, am I right in thinking the Switch doesn't have touchscreen or is it, has it got touchscreen control? No, no, not, not as far as I'm aware. No, no. right. So, like but there I have don't been think theories that's that they've uh, taken that out so that the Wii U version isn't like a better yeah. version of the game than the Switch one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. obviously they're meant to be, you know, relatively similar. Because obviously the game was in such late stage of development, um, still being intended for the Wii U at that time. I mean, mm. from what I've heard, you know, I've only heard I would say predominantly majestic things about the game and i do think it looks incredible um mm. i think it's just what it's simply on the um odd one out in that it's just not a game that i feel mm. yes yeah, that blows with, my mind you know? <laughs> that blows my mind because I, like i'm such a massive zelda fan it's like <laughs> it is the game franchise for me and then to have someone go yeah, I'm not interested at all. I want to. I, I well, want to play one to switch and yeah, bomber man. And it's not necessarily like, that I, I'm not interested. It's more a case of I've tried in the past. I bought Twilight Princess with the Wii, and I just didn't give it the time that it demanded. And I think that's yeah. part of what it is of me yeah. being between the two of us. The See, more what casual, nice... lapsed gamer. I feel like Zelda. Yeah, that Breath of the Wild. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear it's as good as people wanted it to be. And I want Mark obviously to tell us more about it in a second. Um, but I'm happy for others to enjoy it. Mm. It's just oh, I'm don't, I just don't feel ready for a game that's going to require 50, 100 hours. I'd rather play smaller, shorter experiences. Because I just think, like you said, you come out and there's that grand vista. Whereas most people think, fantastic, I've got this whole world to explore. And it's oh. like a non-linear game where mm. you can do different objectives yeah. in your own way. Wanna... They're my worst kind. I never make any progress in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear from Mark about like how he feels about the kind of because this game seems to be able to scale brilliantly from being able to be just a one hour little quick adventure. Mm. Everything feels like an adventure, and I keep hearing this in 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 loads of podcasts and the, like stuff I'm reading. But everything feels like an adventure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it scales from a little one hour just trot around the world to these big sort of three four hour get into a dungeon fight in a kind of you know boss or whatever mm. i'm just really interested in your thoughts on it Mark. well you can like uh, well the game itself can be completed apparently in just over an hour um yeah. if you're good enough because like if they're superhuman be- yeah well if you because there's no leveling up there's no increasing your stats it's just as you go you get more hearts and more increased stamina meter you get better gear um you can as soon as you believe the the wherever it is that he is at the very beginning where he's having his little nap his hundred year oh, nap yeah. um uh you can <laughs> I feel go like s- that most sundays yeah <laughs> apparently you can just go straight to the castle at the end fight calamity ganon done if you Sounds want good. if you're good yeah. enough um so you can do that but yeah i know what you mean like you can sit and you can sink six hours into that game easily and not even realize that you spent that yeah. much time in it or you can do like i've been taking it to to um to work with me every day and um 
booting up at lunchtime and just being like, okay, I'm going to go and do uh, uh, whatever is the nearest um, Sheikah yeah. Shrine or unlock another tower or do a little side quest or something like that or, or just go and, uh, oh, just I've got explore. a bunch of ingredients. Uh, I'll go and do some cooking. Um yeah, just just do some exploration, and it's just like you can spend, you can quite happily spend just half an hour, just dicking about, or yeah. you know, uh, or that's, spend that's the hours in it. That's what's amazed me about this game. But it, it's just that thing of like, like you say, you can. I've thrown this. I've done the same thing as you. I've thrown it in my bag, take it out of lunchtime. Right, what am I going to do this hour? And it and it never feels like I'm missing out on anything. It's 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 never pressuring me to get on with the story. It's never pressuring me to kind of. Oh, you must do this. You must do that. Oh, you're locked out of this whole section. You're locked out of that whole section. It, there's, it's gated, but it's not gated in a way that's kind of you need this red key to get through the red door to proceed. Like the other games were. A lot of the other games were kind of you need to find the fire rod to get into this dungeon or whatever. Yeah. And this doesn't do that. And no. I, th- I think it's amazing for that. Yeah. I mean, like so much of what's on the map seems to be just completely optional you can do it if you want uh, but you don't have to you don't have to do the stuff to progress through the game so you can no. spend as much time in the game as you want like it can be completed in an hour uh, or you know some people I remember like Dan Riker at Giant Bomb was talking about when he uh, by the time he put the review out he'd sunk 90 hours into the game and wasn't done yeah. with it no so yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's going to be, isn't it, like a colossal hit? And of course, the switch has been launched, you know, on its shoulders. And I think, you know, whenever I go online, it's just like everyone, you know, everyone on my friends list is playing that game. And uh, obviously, we're on the cusp now, I believe, of that. You know, going back to a Saint Chazzy said about how nothing's really kind of explained. I believe the kind of profile page that says how many. You know how many days ago you played Title X is going to mm-hmm. kick in after you've played a specific title for ten days, or ten you've had days, the system yeah. for ten days. So that is literally now for us. Um, yeah, and obviously well, you'll see I've how many hours everyone, everyone, everyone's been <laughs> playing this game um, because it is just amazing. You know that's yeah. that's what I've been seeing. Everyone, like I said, I, there's there's so much more like stuff I could go into granularly about this game, mm. but. It's going to stick around, isn't it? It's, you know, this is going to yeah. be what people are talking about from here to the end of the year. I'm sure. You know, oh yeah, yeah. If this isn't on. Years. I can see this going coming back around though, at like sort of game of the year time. Yeah, I can definitely. see there's going to be a lot more dissenting views on this game by the end of the year. There already than are. There are now. Yeah. Um, Jim Sterling's review came out today, and he gave yeah, it a seven that. out of ten. Yeah, and which you know is what? not and exactly a bad score. It. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's a bad score. Um, he was just annoyed more by the things that I can I can totally understand why they'd be annoying. I, I tell you what, for for everything we've just raved about it about Zelda, mm-hmm. um, and like I say, I think it's incredible. I really enjoy it. I can see why the people who are getting annoyed by it are getting annoyed by it. Yeah, um, there's lots of sort of weird one hit kills. Uh, strange ways that you just get killed by things off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many like fiddly elements to it. See that that stuff doesn't bother me quite so much because I because I've played through like the Dark Souls games. I'm That's used it. to jumping into a game where you can go everywhere and then going in a direction and quickly finding out that you are not ready to be in that particular area, but That's the it. game lets you go there. Yeah, and that's and this is the thing, because I think it, a lot of this game comes down to your kind of own subjective feelings on how much hassle 
you're willing to put up with and how many little niggly things that you you're willing to sort of let slide or not let slide or mm. just get your go it sounds like with the jim sterling review there's lots of little it's like a culmination of loads of little things that are just built up to really bug him and it, and, it, and that's mm. a big thing for him yeah. whereas for me all of those things that are bugging him yeah i completely i see exactly the same things like the, mm. the frame rate stuttering and the like you say you're having to cook meals to to do stuff i i find that quite lovely and endearing yeah and, i love it i of... love the little tune that it plays when you cook a dish yeah exactly like not being <laughs> able to batch cook that those kinds of things like you kind of go yeah no i can i can understand that but mm. I, I quite like it actually yeah and it, and it really is a subjective thing and i think that, that some people like, like there's a few people i've seen who are sort of like in lee's situation where he you know, he doesn't have the time or he doesn't, you know, whatever. He's a dad and he, he he's not going to get the time to do these things and, and plough plow time into it. And it, yeah, all right, fine. It's it's not it's not sort of bending over backwards to help someone like Lee. But at the same time, it's, you know, not pushing him too far away if you can put the time in. It sound, that sounds really apolo- like I'm trying to apologise for the game a little bit, but it, I don't know. There's kind of a... there's. Some people would see um, the, the niggles as charm, and some people mm. see the niggles as annoyances, and yeah. you know, that's just life, unfortunately. You know, and of course, you know, diverse ends of the spectrum. Exactly, and diverse opinions are, is the kind of crest of the wave that ev- any mm. kind of cultural product now has to write. You're yeah. right. There'll be phases where you know it's, it's enjoyed an incredibly warm, receptive launch. You're mm. right. Before before it gets to the end of the year and the game of the year list, they'll it'll go through a period of people saying it's overrated and all the kind of general yeah. words oh, that yeah. kind of come out but i think ultimately it's, like, it's, it's um, worked for you and i think for some people a lot of people i should say the game has really made the switch launch for them and that's clearly what nintendo hmm. hoped would happen it's There's been a sen- sense it's of been magic, there um it? i think it was like because it wasn't a pack-in um it's nintendo's most successful like launch title standalone yeah, launch yeah, title. i can believe it yeah yeah, definitely. yeah even, even over like mario 64 yeah. So and like, yeah, I'm it's, not it's... quite ready to jump in with the uh, Edge and Famitsu and people like that and say that it, mm. it is the greatest Zelda game played uh, ever made. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it more than Wind Waker, and Wind Waker was my favourite. But yeah, I that's, wanna, that's where once I am I've, at the moment. Yeah, uh, once I've finished playing it, and then I can sit back and like look at it in the cold light of day and make an actual decision. But at the moment, I just cannot get enough of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like I say, it's one of those things where I've uh, like this is how I'm gonna how I'm gonna couch it. Like I've got an uncle who is a uh, like a minister in the church, and he's forever banging on about like you should know you should you know be into the church, and you know he's always preaching to me, saying you should come over. He's always trying to convert me, and I'm always like, no, Mark, like Martin, I'm not interested. Like you know, it's not my thing, right? And that's how I f- I now feel like my uncle with lee right <laughs> i feel like i'm just going to be every day going lee you've got to play zelda it's the most amazing thing ever yeah you're just not the only come one over to i have us. had that come already. over to us you know I will certainly hallelujah try it. praise the lord yeah. get you know get zelda in your life i will but, certainly like um either via sort of a game rental service or an obliging friend like mark when yeah. he's finished with it i'll, I'll certainly yeah. you know sample it I, i'm keen yeah. to do that just from a visual aesthetic if nothing else because it really oh, appeals to me gorgeous. Uh, it mm. looks like a living sort of ghibli film i just find that incredibly yeah. appealing um but yeah I, I think it's just like i've 
decided to try and um but we've all heard the stories about there's no games on the switch and all of that kind of you could say it's exaggerated i've tried to see mm. that as a positive in the sense that i'm going to play the games i've got you know as in if there's not an abundance immediately i don't want an immediate backlog yeah. which is what i've done on every other console i've ever bought i've gone out and bought too many games and then never played them i knew zelda for me personally would end up being the prime mm. case for that so I've, I've stuck with like the other games i've got and yes I'll, i've probably bought more games <laughs> than you and mark combined but I am finishing them. Like I'm playing. Just tell me about them. those games. Because like literally, I I've got Zelda, and I do feel guilty that that is the only game that a I have and b that I'm playing. Like I was saying earlier, I want to kind of, I kind of want to buy Fast Racing, uh, whatever it is, remix. RMX, fast, yeah. fast RMX. RMX, yeah, it's really fast good. RMX. But it's that thing of, am I just spending sixteen quid for the sake of it? Uh well and okay it's that it's that, it's that thing I, of like shall I run through yeah, the cool. games I've bought because I've only got Go two others and one of them I've only been able to play for half an hour, um so uh yeah I've got one two switch um right just so I could play that with Zoe but uh, she's not been very well uh, we've only been able to play about half an hour of that and we've only played some of the less strenuous games um but I I finally got to sample the proper HD rumble on the the count the balls in the controller yeah game and that is. Yep pretty magical like, scary I isn't don't it? know how that works yeah. it's crazy so i might as well um, echo that, that i've got one two switch as well obviously that's the yeah. game that should have been the packing and to be honest yep. i'm now thinking it clearly was at, at one point in time they had the gray switch and then they had the neon joy-con switch and that was going to have one two switch as a packing and i think it would have had that grip controller charger mm. and i think at some point in time they decided not to go down that route because i think that would have been the kind of equivalent of the Wii U premium model. Right, yeah. I, de- I definitely think that when like that game was being skin. made, that was that was going to be the case because everything in One Two Switch is about the neon Joy-Con. Like, so yeah, I think right. that was the whole differentiator. That you know, that's just my theory of what happened behind the scenes of why it just seems such an odd decision that ultimately that wasn't the packing game. But you know, like Mark saying, I've I've had it. You know, I played it. Um, I've my wife and I have played it. My wife and my son have played it. I've played it with my son. So we've probably spent a bit more time than 30 minutes, but it's very much, I I, I don't want to kind of bemoan it because obviously they've tried to justify it as being worth the standalone retail price. But I think it is quite a shallow experience. It's definitely mm. something that everyone should try at least once. But having now paid like 30 quid for it or whatever, I'm not sure it kind of can justify that price. Although I guess it's a perennial, it's one of those ones that you will always put on when you've got somebody around that's never played a Switch. It just doesn't have the appeal, I think, as a a Wii Sports. I think somebody I listened to said you should think of it as a board game and that's how it's going to appeal to non-gamers in the fact that you could get your grandma playing one to switch you know like they were, they were trying to say that in a way you can draw a kind of correlation between it and that kind of Wii sports phenomenon but it just won't do that it, i just don't think it's got the legs to make kind of that, le- that level of impact so i'm not it's not a bad game but i think you could live without it you know it's one of those things that i'm saying go back to the old days get your mates around who's got a switch and have bought that game and then just spend an evening like with them playing it you don't necessarily need to own it if that makes sense yeah, it's one of those games that I've wanted to pick up. That that is the main game that I kind of want to pick up because I, it's it's that thing of it's the best thing to get anyone who has who hasn't got a Switch to play, like you say, to play yeah. on. Like I, I've yeah, got it's a, a fantastic thing tech up. demo. That's it, and I, yeah. I, I like, I've got a, a 
last Friday of every month at work, we do like a, you know, you have to do a kind of like show and tell for the for the company, and they pick one person every last Friday in a month, uh, and it's my one this month. And I was thinking, right, what I might do is I might just get one two switch, and then just get <laughs> everyone in the company to play it. Yeah, I think it would be perfect for that. Yeah. yeah, I think it is like one of those occasional games. Yeah, you know, and it would oh, work in that scene. Totally is what the Wii was. You know, when you play it, it just it's perfectly encapsulated what what's kind of motion gameplay, doesn't it? So um, yeah, I mean the ball one obviously is like a standout, and uh, it is very funny when you know you're doing the silly motions like the milk and a cow and like the shaking and the <laughs> bottle of the champagne, yeah, are very suggestive. Um, but there's also kind of like uh, a few sort of more intricate ones, I guess, that are. are quite challenging in a way for your dexterity so like my wife beats me all the time on the um you've got to like unravel a treasure chest from like a chain so i could just can't get me oh. around that and um she's also really good at doing the safe cracking one i can't even ever even find like the yeah. first click <laughs> so it's interesting <laughs> that it shows how kind of receptive you are to textual stimulus in a way that mm. there's you know there's, there's just some people that are really quick to kind of get those things but it's. I think it's definitely the game that, alongside the demos that I've sort of dabbled in, the Puyo Puyo Tetris and the um, Dragon Quest Heroes One and Two. They're the games that have been played least, like in my household so mm. far. Yeah, because uh, there's no point trying to play it on my own. Um, I don't think you can even play it on your own. But uh, so I've only been able to play half an hour of that. But I did pick up Fast Air RMX because you know, I like Wipeout. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> NF zero, and it's basically yeah. the only only way you're going to get to play Wipeout ever again. So. Yeah, well, no, they're bringing out that HD or 4K versions um, yeah, of but... a bunch of them uh, later this year, I think. But uh, you know, until then, it's like 15, 16 pounds for a um, what is like because I watched the digital. What made me actually get it was I watched the Digital Foundry video on it, and they were talking about because I, I knew it was already supposed to be a pretty decent uh, racing game. It's like a uh, a mix of like your F Zero wipeout sort of thing with a little bit of um, was it Ikaruga the yes. um, the shmup the, where the you had to like the color changing mechanic color changing or, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah flipping between blue and orange to make sure that you were the right color on the right boost otherwise you get slowed down oh, right. or like um, Outland do you remember that game that that um, it was a platformer that did it with blue and orange as well and there really was good. that um, there was that Sony indie game wasn't there that was kind of similar where you had the the bird and the fish, and you were blue and orange. Oh yeah, let's go um, through the shapes. Oh, I know. Oh, that's really going to bug me. But anyway, yeah, that that kind of <laughs> yeah. That's to actually, that it's it was very suggestive of that when mm. I, I saw yeah. gameplay footage. I mean, yeah. What I'm intrigued to know, Mark, is did you own the other, you know, the the other game? Because this is their third, isn't it? Actually, Fast it's Racing their, Neo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because this is their was, third racing game. There was one on the Wii, and then there was Fast Racing Neo on the Wii U, which I didn't play, and then this yeah. is the first one I played. Got um, right. And it is. It's really, really nice looking. Like it's, it mm. especially when you're playing in handheld mode because as I've never played a racing game that looks that sharp on a handheld system before. It looks insane, um, and it's yeah, it's good fun and there's a decent amount of content. It's like thirty tracks, um, nice. online multiplayer, which uh, I've only played a couple of races, uh, but it seems pretty solid. Uh, local split screen multiplayer, um, various different levels of Grand Prix. Um, bunch of different uh, I don't know what you call them ships, whatever you call them. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a decent game for for the price. I've I've been enjoying that. 
Can I ask you a question about a split screen multiplayer, the local? Yeah. How does that work? Could you split the Joy-Cons off and play that split screen that way, or do you have to have like two sets? Oh, no, of no, controls? you could you could totally play it that way. Like uh, yeah. you use like yeah, because you need one stick, um, three buttons, and the shoulder buttons. So yeah, you okay. could to- you so could you totally could take play one Joy-Con off left and right, pass yeah. that to your friend and play it. So yeah, that that's pretty much sold me on buying it. I think. Yeah, I don't know how comfortable it would be to play that way, but you could totally do it. All right, nice. Nice. I was just with with uh, although they're completely different races. I realised I think with Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on the Horizon, that kind of will just that will just satiate my driving itch. (laughs) So that's the only reason why I've not picked it up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip uh, Mario Kart Eight. I think go straight to Splatoon. That's my that's my plan. Oh, I'm gonna get both of them like a (laughs) sucker. (laughs) I think I will as well. Right, just for the listeners, um, off air, Mark, the marks have just been like waxing lyrical about Breath of the Wild nonstop. So uh, they're have to edit that out sadly and save it for, for a future instalment. But they are selling me hard on the game. Mm. But uh, yeah, just to, I guess to kind of flesh out the um, Switch launch lineup as we've experienced it, I'll just touch on a couple of games not mentioned yet. So I think. Um, Snipperclips clearly had got really positive word of mouth from any of the kind of preview events and footage that we'd seen. And fortunately for us, it did end up becoming a day one launch title. So yeah, immediately upon setting the switch up and getting it connected to online, I went straight to the eShop and bought that. Um, I think it was $17.99. I know that there was codes going around that you could have got it a little bit cheaper than that, but I knew I was going to enjoy that. Like I kind of almost had set my sights on that being my launch game in a way. Um, And I knew I'd be playing that kind of couch co-op with the wife. So having now played through the, um, the kind of like main co-op campaign, I guess, I mean, there's still extras. There's some wonderful little um, multiplayer versus battle uh, games. And there's also some expanded four player puzzles that I've yet to finish, but I've kind of like finished the main game and it's, it's really did fulfill like my expectations. And if anything, this is, I would argue a much more satisfying, um, tech demo, I guess, you know, if it's going to be this or one, two switch, I would definitely be saying pick snipper clips up because again, it's got that magic of, um, really appealing to different types of gamer. So, Although yeah. in our household, I'd probably play more games than my wife. The fact is she was just like invaluable in solving a lot of these puzzles. I'd, I'd be and, interested to hear from you about um, the fact that from what I've been hearing about this game, there's no, it doesn't rush you. There's no kind of time limit or anything. No, there it's is. There's really, no time casual. limit. Yeah, it's, there's no time limits, limits at all. It's, it's actually on a much more stripped back scenario. What you were saying about Breath of the Wild is how you love how it rewards and encourages creativity. Snipper mm. clips is like that in a really condensed form. So you get these kind of like um, simple puzzles, I guess, uh, although they obviously do get harder as you go along, but they yeah. are totally open to how you would want to solve them. So I could well imagine replaying this game again and I would have come up with different solutions to get through each kind of task so that's what's so clever i think about the game is that it's deceptively simple but it's really got some open depth the fact that it's so um it you no two players are going to come up with exactly the same scenario and it's that whole emphasis on um although it can be played in single player i really think you need to play it in co-op because it's it's really built on cooperation 
because I played the demo. I did download the demo of this and played it, and I was like, oh, this is like I'd, I'd obviously played it at the event, and I kind of came away from the single player thinking this is a bit boring. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was just a bit kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great, but then I can see how if you were playing this with someone else and that was introducing that extra factor of it's really entertaining like i think as some people yeah. might imagine one two switch would be fun with a party or if you you know introduce alcohol one two switch uh, sorry snipper clips is kind of yeah. cerebral but in a in a very um kind of casual way but it's yeah. really way. actually funny like the you know the fact that um, you know how you have to talk there's a dialogue going on all the time it isn't a game that you can just passively yeah. play without dialogue so I think that's why although it's not a solely Nintendo game it's actually um, an idea conceived and you know, partly developed developed by like a little indie studio in the they UK they bought it didn't they yeah, yeah. Oh, or they mm. were I don't know if they bought it or they worked with them collaboratory, collaboratively no, it was, it, I'm not sure it was originally I can't remember what it was originally called it was called something Friendships else. I think it was called that's it yeah that's yeah. it and then it was yeah and then it was obviously just like sort of they got a, the call from Nintendo and saying we want it on we want this on our device and then suddenly the name changed and they had a bit more backing so uh, yeah and I think they the animations were kind of what Nintendo got of I mean, the shape dynamic and the puzzle solving was actually already there. So it was obviously quite a fully formed idea. Fully formed, but that yeah. kind of sheen had been put on. And also how, I guess, in a way, the control, the shape that you are originally, how you start each level and the kind of bright colours, it kind of, in a way, ties in with your Joy-Cons and stuff like that. You know, that's, yeah. they've clearly thought about it. But again, this would have been a great packing game. But I'm really pleased to see that a mm. lot of people in my friends list, they've got Zelda, but they've also got this. So, like, a lot of people have made this their kind of first eShop purchase. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I've only got good things to say about it. It left me wanting more. Like, that's the only downside right. that I, I felt that, God, I could have played that for longer. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the kind of dialogue and discourse I was having with my wife when I played it. So, yeah, I mean, I know that Mark's played it with Zoe, and I think you you didn't actually get on with it as well as I did either. Yeah, we played the demo, uh, and I was kind of enjoying it. Was Zoe just found it frustrating? Um, we may take another stab at it at some point because it is—it does look like the sort of game that we could have quite a lot of fun with. But uh, I don't know. It just just when we played it, she didn't find it particularly uh, endearing. I think it's like I obviously didn't have a Zelda-shaped distraction, so like I yes. wasn't—I wasn't constantly thinking, "Oh, I'd rather be playing that." That's what I was saying before about the games I've got, even if they're not of the caliber of Breath of the Wild, I've I've put my time into them and really kind of enjoyed the experiences. And I'd probably say Snipperclips so far has been the highlight. So short as it was, it really was kind of like fun and rewarding. And it's totally allowed me to envision what I'm going to use, you know, how the role the Switch will play for my family. It's a complete family console. Like it's not it's not just the dedicated handheld that I will in time be able to play solo games on. It's always going to be like another one, another edition under the telly. Whereas I wasn't sure that would be the case, you know, leading up to its launch. I thought, really, am I kind of just buying this luxury item just for my benefit? Whereas, you know, my family really have embraced it. So you can get it under the telly. See, I can't. Well, not under the telly. I'll put it to the side, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because I was going to say, because I can't get it in and out of my cabinet. Yeah, no, so, mine's on a little table of its own, the Switch uh, switch Shrine. I'm going to call it. <laughs> I was going to say, because it's been giving me headaches, because I've got this whole like system set up. I've got like loads and loads of shelves with all my consoles on them and everything. This I can't fit this in, because I can't just slide it in and out. So, yeah, it's, it's giving me headaches of where I've actually been able to put it. 
Well, my nine-month-old isn't sort of standing and walking yet. I imagine oh. I might have to readjust it. It's <laughs> going to be in the loft. Well, the dog <laughs> might have to go away. I don't know. But, um, yeah, no, it, as I say, snipper clips. I'm sure people yeah. have heard other people talk about it, but a totally glowing recommendation from me. Nice. Um, and the others, so as I say, I was at work for much of the first weekend that we had it, and my wife, or my son, must have somehow convinced my wife to go and get Skylanders Imaginators, like the oh, starter right. pack. So this is obviously a game that even though I've never played a Skylanders game before, I'm aware it's obviously a, a almost yearly franchise. And Imaginators is the one that already come out last year on the other platforms. Um, but of course, it was new to us. Like my son had only very, mm. very recently even kind of been exposed to sort I've of gameplay been, footage of Skylanders. I've always, I've always been surprised by the level of quality in a Skylanders game. Uh, and how I actually like they seem like they should be throwaway games, but they're actually quite quite decent little pla- like yeah they don't they don't excel at what they at, at the kind of puzzle aspects or the platform aspects, but it's no. definitely solid. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean the the way more of, solid um, than it really has any right to be. You know, oh, well, like, I would agree. I mean, I've been I've been playing it. You know, like we've been playing it in co op because um, obviously you get like you know the, the figures with it and things like that and I've also been told that actually you can get you know like there was that other Wii U exclusive one Skylanders Chargers or yeah. Superchargers it was it was exclusive for a time period only yeah. but you could get Bowser and Donkey Kong Amigo, Amiibo slash Skylander figures that oh. they apparently work in this so I think we probably will end up picking those up um, <laughs> getting on eBay yeah, well, I, I think it's just like you were saying. It's it's a it's more of a solid gaming experience than mm. I'd anticipated, and it's ideal for him. Um, and it's just again, it's another one that I like the fact that I can share it with him. So I'm playing it, you know, in cooperative with him, but not just like I've done some other games in the past, just out of duty. I'm actually having fun with it because, like you said, you know, it has got these little simple kind of puzzles. It reminds me in a way of like a Lego game, but with the, with like some RPG elements sort of yeah it's just it's that next level up from the lego games isn't it because like there's constant unlockables like i can see why kids get really kind of addicted to it not just the day glow amphetamine fueled colors it's like constantly anything is like you're you're leveling your skylander up you're unlocking new moves you're getting these treasure chests i mean it really hits you over the head almost with this instant gratification loop um which is again you know it clearly works for him so it's the old saturday morning (laughs) cartoon thing of just keep throwing stuff at kids until they laugh you know enjoy themselves well they've they've done it uh, although i don't know whether the toys to life market is failing in a way they do seem to have covered their bases with this because you've also got when we bought the game there was an advert like a little leaflet inside the pack for the skylanders netflix animated series so he's right. actually now started to watch that so he can it's kind interesting of to see that, the that basically skylanders started it and ended it they're, mm. they're kind of the the, the last last True. man standing mm. you know the, yeah it, it did blow up for a while and um it went away and sort of came, came it's starting to come back a little bit yeah, well, I'm, again, it's nothing. It's a game I never would have bought, um, yeah. and I was a bit surprised that we did end up buying it because they aren't the, these games aren't cheap. Um, but no, it's again, I'm playing through it. It's one that I will play through to completion with my son. So it's great. It's just another example of a mm. shared kind of co-op experience. Um, other than that, yeah, I was getting a hankering for like my next game already, I guess, and. Um, 
I think when we get on to maybe some of the things we hope will happen in the future, that might be something that kind of yeah. echoes what I feel. Um, I did. I was noticing it wasn't like the envy of everyone having Zelda. Um, it would have been very easy for me to break and go out and buy that, but I did kind of want something else. So I ended up new shining. It's Super Bomberman <laughs> R. I wanted it when I first saw it unveiled, um, but. I kept hearing this bad word mouth. Well, first mm. of all, the price tag put me off because, again, I assumed it was an eShop title. Um, and then kind of hearing sort of the middling reviews. But now I've actually got it in my hands. I must so admit, thing is, it's not been can... half as bad as I thought. Yeah, see, what you've got to remember about Bomberman is, is that a lot of um, a lot of people sort of back in the, in the 90s absolutely fell in love with Bomberman. Well, and I did. I played it on the SNES that. and the N64. Exactly. Yeah. Like, even before that. But like, it was it. It's one of those games that's beloved by a lot of people in the know, and then, but now it's got that kind of. It's got to live up to a certain standard, and um, they're just not putting the the, the, the time into it really. The, yeah. The, it really did. It again. It's it's like where Zelda needed that new new injection of design and thought and a bit of care and attention. Uh, and got it with Breath of the Wild. Bomberman needs the same sort of thing, and it's it's never going to get it because it's not going to make that kind of money. So yeah, I but, totally yeah. agree with what you're saying that it's a game that um, Konami, obviously the the, uh, the developer of they, I think they've done just enough and put it out because Konami it, are trying to get out of games as well. You've got yeah, to remember that. So because yeah. I, I think that, that whilst. I want to say to people, maybe give it a chance. I'm, I, I agree it's not worth the price I paid for it, but at least, you know, again, it's another game I've played Couch Cart with my wife all the way through, like, the story mode. And there are, you know, different difficulty levels, so there will be replay replayability. Of course, you've got the online, which is going to massively... Mm. Um, it will have greater longevity because of that, as long as there's, like, a robust um, community. And I have been able to get online and play people. I even played... Um, you know, our friend Stuart Cullen from Codec Momentum, he had it, so I played him online and it was all fine. There was no lag or anything. Although mm. I have played with randoms and I am getting kicked off and I am noticing a bit of lag. So there's definitely work to be done Maybe there. Maybe it's a distance thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are options you can tweak to just go with people in your own country and things like that. But yeah. I think there's definitely something that needs to just be tweaked there. But overall, yeah. it's not been unplayable. Um, yeah. But I think like you're saying, it, they've it kind of the controls are just not quite i mean you get used so, to them they're just not quite as um, precise as you'd like and also the kind of objectives that you get on each of the story mode missions um are is a little bit repetitive there's not enough variety and even in the way it's been designed it's almost like um unless you're playing it on a harder difficulty it's it doesn't it just seems like not too easy, but it just doesn't seem to work. Like in other words, at the end of each world, you have like a, a bomberman fight against somebody, but then they kind of change into their mech form and you have to fight the mech. And it looks right. glorious in those moments, but it's really, if you're playing it on beginner, I don't know if people say you should be playing it on that level, but trust me, you need to start somewhere. But the fact is it doesn't seem to work anymore because yeah. the, you could, you've got free freedom of movement in the uh, boss battle, so you can just like run everywhere and find their kind of weak points and defeat them easier. Whereas actually fighting the little bomber man, which is meant to be the prelude to the big battle, is so much harder. Right. Um, so I don't know whether it's they just haven't got the difficulty right, or they haven't thought about how the mechanics of the game that's will work. That's just a poor design, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. Uh, that's that's a shame. Um, 
But no, I, I suppose like if you can borrow it again, if you can go around a mate's house who's got it, um, or if it does get discounted significantly, then it, I would say it's definitely worth picking up. It's not the dog, I think, is what I'm saying that everyone yeah, I was gonna has say. tried the to th- make the, pro- out. the problem with this game is, is that how much did you pay for Bomberman R? If you don't mind me asking. So I think it retailed. It was ridiculous. It was one of them ones that got put on for like fifteen nine ninety nine, didn't it, or something originally? Yeah. And I just said, yeah. right, that's it. I'm out because I thought it was going to be like twenty quid. Um, yeah. And then I think it did dip in price, and then it shot up again. So I mean, I managed to get it when it was about forty quid, maybe a bit right. more of that, maybe a couple of quid more than that. Whereas then it went skyrocketed again, and now I think it's back in stock, and I think it seems to be consistently forty five everywhere. But it should be like twenty five. And I'd accept yeah. it. It's a launch game that isn't perfect, as so many launch games aren't. But um, I think it is just being sold ridiculously overpriced because, like you're saying, they know that we're starved of games, or that's the perception, so that yeah. people will go out and buy them. So, uh, so the thing is, is like for pretty much the same experience, you can get Bomberman like is it ninety three or ninety four for like six pound thirty on the Virtual Console. Yeah, the Bombman 64 is on the Wii U Virtual Console yeah. now as well. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. So, yeah. so like, it's, it's one of those things where you just think, I'm better off just paying, like, way less money. Yeah, yeah. And, and getting a comparable experience, you know, off the Virtual Console. You know, yeah. and I think that's the problem with that game, is that they just haven't... It sounds like they haven't done enough. Mm. No, they haven't. Enough. Not for a full retail title. No. But I've still but had... a cash in. Yeah, I've still had fun with it. And um, mm. it's definitely worth like you know giving a try. So I mean that's yeah. other than we've pretty much covered you know what I've played so far, and that kind of I guess brings me on to like one of these other points. I mean we've already kind of talked about whether we're going to go physical or digital, and I think for all three of us it's going to be a mixture really. I guess depending yeah. on price. Um, but I think one of the the um, issues I've had is I really would have liked them to have had one more kind of AAA launch title. Um, like one, and more kind of physical releases probably generally because I think if you had tally it all up there was probably nine games on the uh, yeah, eShop I, mean, I, was, I think I was quite launch. disappointed when I went to, like I thought oh, I'll go There's to the eShop there's currently and... uh, 20 right. oh okay Total. but a lot of them like a lot of them are these Neo Geo games no, I'm not saying that yeah. I'm not knocking it yeah. but I like, thought there would be if we okay even if we just isolate the launch day and say okay that was fine they had nine games like I Am Sitsuna the uh, fast RMX snipper clips, you know all of that. But um, I thought the first week update would bring more because obviously we mm. know there's like sixty indies that have been confirmed, and obviously we've started the year in March, so there's going to be one or two of them a week p- possibly. I just thought that there might be more, whereas it's been the Neo Geo releases and Blast Master, which has been see. The it only sounds like you've so all had the same feeling that I've had with this console that. I, I, I'm playing a game and I'm loving this game, but I just every now and then you think, oh, well, I, w- I want to play something else, and then you've either not been able to find anything else, or there's not anything out yet that you kind of can switch to, or not in your case, Lee, because you've got every game under the sun. But <laughs> well, like, Shovel Knight's a case in point. I'm sure that's a brilliant game, but for some reason, it just I just wasn't going to yeah. get that one. So it's wrong of me to say there's no games. That isn't what like, I'm, I'm trying to say. Yeah, but there, I feel really like good. there was some other. There was something else for me that I think that I knit, that I would have liked to have had the opportunity to at least have tried, and I really hope yeah. they are going to kind of build on this momentum. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, whether they will or not is a, is another matter, and I think that's where I'm hoping they're going to bring in more indie titles and and more kind of indie indie developers. The only thing is, I can't see them 
coming in so quickly to fill the gap? I think like their idea is that they will have their tentpole releases scattered, as Nintendo obviously always do, but then they're hoping the, the Nindies, as of course they affectionately yeah. turn them, will, will kind of like... F- satiate demand you know in the meantime and that that's great i mean i don't need a hundred games instantly like i said i don't want to gather a massive backlog but clearly i think you know talking to you and others have expressed the same it's just nice to know that there's the the choice yeah Yeah. so i and i'm not saying it needs to be vast i just think another game like another launch i just feel like i need that comfort blanket of a few more games so even though even though i know i'm not going to buy them (laughs) <laughs> and that, and that's but that's just a weird gamer mentality isn't it i suppose it's like kind of it, it shouldn't be that way but it is you know but I, I find myself sitting there thinking oh should i just pay the 16 quid and buy you know fast racing or should i you know spend seven quid and buy metal slug three or am i just doing that out of just hype or you know, oh, no. I think it's would just I buy, the would I buy this like the next then? eShop update, isn't yeah, it? I, I mean, think, I, I think, think they'll come. Um, and I, I mean, Mark, how did, what do you feel about it? So do you, I mean, are you just thinking, no, actually, Zelda really has eaten all my time anyway, so I haven't been looking over my shoulder for the next game? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm quite lucky in the fact that uh, not any of my, you know, plowing through zelda and i've got fast rmx to play as well uh but you know i've got games on on another system to play um of course yeah got uh, like this i'm part way through one massive game on ps4 and then there's two more on the horizon so i'm all right for the for the time being but if this was my only system um <clears throat> i don't i don't know i can't conceive of possibly getting bored of zelda but eventually that game <laughs> will end uh yeah. and then i'd be like oh what do i play now um so I don't know. I uh, I'd be tempted to pick up I Am Setsuna if it was cheaper. Yeah, um, ditto. <laughs> Thirty quid is just too much. I think it's a bit it's a bit much compared to how much it is on other systems. I think that's the lament of this entire system, though, isn't it? Is I'd have picked that up if it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. It, whether that's a controller, whether that's a, the the system itself, whether that's the games, everything. I don't know. There's 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 something about this that you just feel like it's 10 quid too expensive i mean certainly if it's board. gonna be like because i mean yes okay so the position i am in my life at the minute I, i'm embracing nintendo like almost as a, as my yeah. exclusive provider of games just because it, it fits in with my family setup. i was gonna but, say to you, you how know, do you find have how have you found this fits in with your lifestyle as being a dad and like fitting it in around family time and because i found that it's been massively helped me play more get more game time yeah no absolutely and and through i always get more game time if i'm actually partaking you know if the whole family is 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 a participant but also with Hmm. the benefit of then having like a dedicated handheld it's just that i'm waiting for my Zelda. I mean, not that game, but I'm waiting for my game yeah. that I, I don't want to put down and that I will take the Switch. You know, I've played the Switch take for a couple everywhere. of hours, but then I'll take it up to bed. And then, you know, when I visit friends, wherever I'll take it over there. But I think, um, like Mark was saying, he's got other games on other systems. And I've got obviously other games on other platforms that I've kind of left unfinished. It's because we're in that first wave of the euphoria mm. of a new system. Um, mm. But it's it, you're right. And I think that's a good wider point to make as well that if Nintendo wants to appeal just to beyond the kind of the diehards they need if they want this to be like maybe an optional extra system that you know your 
your Microsoft fans and your PS4, your PlayStation fans pick up. They've got to be aware of that price because I think that is an off that has off put some people that would have gone. Yeah. Do you know what? I didn't get the Wii U, but I'm going to jump in with this. But then because they've just been, I think, slightly greedy with the pricing, it's sadly made them think it's less of an. You know, you can't spontaneously just drop the cash on this because if you actually add up the cost of the games and the peripherals to the system that was okay, I think it was competitively priced, but. Now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, shit, you know, I've really invested a lot of money in this and it's it's been worthwhile for me because it is yeah. going to be my family's primary gaming system. But I can totally understand if you've got, what's the um, open world game on PS4, the Horizon, is it Zero Dawn? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. yeah. Now I could, I could understand if I was playing that I've, and I've obviously got my PS4 library, I'll be thinking, yeah, do I really need the Switch, especially at the minute? Yes, it's got well, Zelda, at the moment. but, you know, I'm playing this game already, you know? At the moment, you've also got the the Scorpio on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. You don't. We don't know if that's going to be the next big thing, or whether that's just going to be a wet fart like the PS4 Pro. You know, mm. it's it, there's a there's a lot up in the air, and this isn't doing enough to sell itself. The only good thing about this system is it's getting so much buzz with Zelda, and it's getting so much buzz. This is probably the most like sort of word of mouth I've ever heard out of a, a Nintendo console. In a long, long time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly since, since post the Wii. Wii. Yeah, and I think yeah. even some of the sales figures, although I don't know if they're actually talking about units, I think that they're talking about in terms of uh, speed of sales across you mm. know a set number of days. They're saying it's the the best performing Nintendo system. I, I mean, I really hope it is a success, but I think obviously, like we've alluded to, there's definitely challenges ahead. But it's I mean, nice to see it's had a great start. Definitely, and that, that's the only thing that we can really hope for. I think go, looking forward, who knows? That that all really does depend on you know um, how they market it and how they, how they push it, and and like you say, whether they can get the games or not. Mm. But as a, as a I mean, they couldn't have hoped for a better launch, and it's just they've they've now got to seize the reins and kind of build on that. I think. Uh, so I guess like talking about problems with the system, as you know, in, in terms of its ecosystem and and, and whatnot, uh, there are there have been some technical issues as well that um, lots of people have encountered. The, the, apparently, the problem with the the left Joy-Con desyncing. Now, I don't think I, any of us have had that issue, no. um, but. Well, I've I've had a different technical issue. Um, so when I set up the dock, I just plug I just unplugged one of my consoles. Uh, I just unplugged my PS4 and moved it into a different room, and then used the existing HDMI cable in the the port in in the dock. Worked fine for a week, and then all of a sudden decided that it wasn't that it wouldn't send signal to the TV anymore through that HDMI cable, and I spent about an hour trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with it until in the end out of sheer frustration I just unplugged the HDMI cable and then ran the Nintendo one that came with the Switch through the back of the my unit into the TV which is incredibly short it's a lot yes. of, it's a far shorter it's a lot shorter than I realised yeah. it would be uh, booted up again no problems so it worked fine with a different HDMI cable for a week and then decided that it had enough and wanted to use the Nintendo one, which yeah. is just it's weird. because you're off-brand, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I yeah. don't know. I, Nintendo cable. I'm not sure whether you're getting the start of a different <laughs> issue because I've noticed that mine was fine and then all of a sudden it would connect to the TV and then cut off like within a few seconds. And that mm. did happen actually a couple of times. 
and I realise, well, I don't know what the cause of it is, but I think it's to do with um, there is an option within the menu about whether you want to pair it with your telly in the sense of like, if you turn your telly off, it will automatically put your switch into sleep mode and vice versa. If you put your switch into sleep mode, it will turn the telly off. Um, basically, it's like, you know, you know, when you dock it into the system, it will automatically boot your telly on as well. And I think yeah. that's kind of set to on um, by default but possibly some TVs don't support it. But anyway, I was just fiddling around with that because I didn't know how to turn the system off for the first kind of day or so. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, it, that's I think it might, yeah, I think it might have clear, had something to do with that. Like, I don't know whether that ended up causing it, but I've gone back to putting it on. So like in that system menu, it's now communicating. I don't know, the telly and the switch are communicating so that they'll both be on if I turn one of them on and they'll both be off if I turn the other one off. So I don't know, I'm hoping... I've solved it via that, or it could be what you're saying, Mark, that actually there's something about the connection with the dock itself it is going to, you know, I'm hoping that's not going to end up being a problem that raises its head. Cause I think even Colm, where we're going to listen, we're going to hear from a couple of listeners in a minute. Um, mm. I think he had issues with his dock and kind mm. of like how it was output into the telly. So yeah, it hasn't been completely problem free, but I guess on the other hand, it hasn't been, I think the issues that have been there have been vastly, magnified are kind of in the media to give you an impression yeah. as an outsider that there's like it, the system is riddled with flaws which i just don't think is true the build like that, actually been uh, incredibly impressive there was that ridiculous end gadget video that went a bit viral oh, did you say that the, the um i look how flimsy the, the dock kickstand. is yeah. and it was like uh there's a subreddit i go to called where did the soda go uh which is um like video clips of uh, horrible like TV commercials for products that nobody needs, and it you know they always start with somebody uh, failing completely at a, a a task that should be completely simple before they tell you here's the product that you need to do it, and it was like it was like one of those someone like messing around with the switch trying to make the um, the kickstands like fall over fall yeah. over or break off and it's like no one's going to handle their console like that this video is ridiculous it's yeah it was there sometimes it does feel a little bit like people look for something to pick a fault with with Nintendo yeah, and there's a lot of people trying to get their hot take and be the one the viral mm-hmm. sensation you know oh, yeah. oh I'm the one who I'm the one who found out the kickstand breaks on YouTube you know and it's mm. a, there's a lot of kind of I just find it a little bit sad and desperate. It's like if that, if that's what you're trying to do with your life, like put your energy into something else. Yeah, you know. The only one I, I, I really found funny was the um, Jeff Gerstmann uh, discovering that the uh, the the uh, switch like cartridges taste bad. Oh god, yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. been ended up doing that, haven't they? It's yeah. as bad as that bucket cold bucket challenge thing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think actually, yeah, it's interesting. I think Chaz is right in that he's saying that there seems to be like this big rush to form a concrete opinion on a launch bit of software. So, I mean, I'm hoping, although, you know, in our own kind of amateurish way, that we've at least kind of alluded to the fact that this is an ongoing evolution. It isn't like an end product, but our initial impressions that are that, yeah, there are some niggles, but overall, mm. I think on the whole, I'm very positive about mm. the Switch and really pleased yep. i picked it up i mean i'm just i'm just still blown away by by the fact that something that small can give that amazing a picture on a 1080p mm. tv yeah like if when i was at launch it blew me away and now i've had it at home for a while and like i said i've only docked it three times but yeah it, i i still can't get my head around how that small tablet gets that picture on my screen i 
you know, I, I, someone will have to explain the guts of this thing to me one day because it, it, <laughs> it blows my mind. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the main game we both been playing is Zelda, and yeah. Nintendo have stylized, always been it? It, yeah, it's stylized, it's slightly cel shaded, and Nintendo have always been incredibly good at managing to squeeze ridiculously good graphics out of a processor that on paper shouldn't be able to do that like with the wii u yeah. the wii u is barely more powerful than an xbox 360 or a ps3 but then you look at games like mario kart 8 and and splatoon and they just look yeah. uh, or bayonetta and they just look absolutely stunning on that system yeah, yeah and i no, think you know wrong. before we move on then to the feedback we've had just like again you're talking about games that are on the horizon maybe we'll just end by sort of saying you know the overall impressions are we've all pleased that we picked it up and mm. um you know we're, we're loving it seeing how we're fitting it into our gaming lifestyles but what are the games then that you're you've, you're going to pre-order or you know that they're coming and there'll be day one purchases for you Marika 8 deluxe for sure um uh, splatoon 2 for sure and probably super mario odyssey uh i don't know what else to be honest um yeah, I mean, they're the staggered ones, aren't they? I mean, obviously, you've got ARMS in there among those releases as well. Yeah. Um, I just really hope that they, they those games come when we've kind of been given a rough release date. I know Mario Kart 8's got a specific date, which I think is the tail end of next month, but we're still not 100% sure Splatoon 2 and Mario Odyssey is obviously the holiday. For me, I, I agree, they're the games probably with the addition of Fire Emblem Warriors just because I've got so into Awakening and Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game, in like recent months. So I'd be tempted now to pick up Fire Emblem Warriors to see how that kind of transition um, happens. But I think Odyssey has to come out this year. Like, I think if that gets pushed even into the first quarter of if 2018... If that's not at Christmas, I'll yeah, be very surprised. I, I think it's, that's really going to damage the potential sales like for Nintendo so that mm. I really I'm putting like that that's the game really that I want more than any others and I will pick up you know some interesting looking in, uh, in indie titles along the way but I'm all about kind of looking towards Mario Odyssey although you know I'm really looking forward to some online Mario Kart 8 Deluxe I know again it's overpriced possibly for what's included in the package but I'm gonna it's, pay it. it's not even that <laughs> it's just that buying it again that, that's the thing with me I just I tell you what, the one sold reason it to I'm me, swerving okay? it is because one feature I, that know. sold it to me, you can play it with your children, and it's got smart drive mode, so they'll never ever mm. lag behind now, and you know it not be enjoyable for them. They can switch a mode on, and it will help them steer around the corners. It won't make them win, but it will make them keep up with you, and they won't fall off the track. So that is sold. I'm happy nice. to buy that game now because <laughs> it, it just I, again it will just be a, a game that's become yeah. a game my son already plays but now will be much more accessible for him and a much more enjoyable experience for us all to play together nice like you say it's, it's more than the i want to be surprised by a few indie titles but uh yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed that, that they'll sort of come up and surprise me throughout the year and of mm. course we've got you know the the incoming paid online service and the virtual console i would presume alongside it so again i think that's something that nintendo really needs to get right quickly so i'm hoping by yeah. the end of 2017 you know regardless of how long that service has been out but when they implement it they get it really solid early 
may I ask you a question um, talking about online services? Um, how have you found using the parental controls? Because I'm assuming you've been using them, Lee. Yeah, I've been using them more. That's I'm really pleased you've raised this, actually, because I, I can't remember if we mentioned this earlier. But I've, in the end, I'm using that to monitor my gameplay time. So although I've set it up <laughs> to obviously, you know, meant to be supervised. You're being your own parent. Child, yeah, it's more that I want to log how long I've played games. Because, of right. course, that profile, you know, like uh, the 3DS had a really good... Yeah. gameplay log like it, it you could you could look up the most played titles how many times you'd launched it you know how long you'd played the console on a daily monthly yearly basis or even for the lifetime of the system then you had like this wii u one that only did days and months although you could find out if you went to a specific title how long you played it whereas the switch one seemed to have this really threadbare just profile mm. system um yeah i wonder if that's going to be tucked away behind the paywall well, I don't know. They're um, saying it's going to unlock, don't they? Like, so I had been using the parental controls yeah, to see get, how long I'm playing. You're getting their online service for free at the moment. Until, ah, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? I think there's a lot of stuff that you've got now that might be being hidden behind a paywall later. And uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what that is. And and well, I'm, I really sort of hope away. they're going to get a more robust activity log because I know we've said that some people are just kicking in now. So, like, I'm sure yeah. if you guys wake up tomorrow and turn your switch on, it probably would have kicked in for you. But at mm. the minute, it seems to be kind of like going in five. So, like, somebody might have played a game for, like, 10, 15, 20, you know, so many, so many hours. But there doesn't mm. seem to be any other kind of data there, although it clearly is being tracked if, they, if they've got that. So... God, yeah, I suppose if you, if it's one of the perks in inverted commas of the paid online service, then then great, but make it be good, like it make it be yeah. as detailed I, I, as the I 3DS fear one. That, I fear that they're just going to take something that would have been in the system by default and hide it behind something to get more money out of you, and it just seems <laughs> to, just to feel like, make it a bit more, fill the package out a bit more. Yeah. That, that online service really is bothering me at the moment. It's so vague, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It seems to offer so little. I mean, I know mm. that there's been talk that it's not going to be as expensive as its competitors. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's something silly like, I can't remember what it was now, it's like £30 for the year or something stupid. It was, you know, yeah. it's like peanuts. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those things that I sort of, because it's Nintendo, I begrudge paying it because they're not known for their online plus, you know, like they've never done it before and... Like, what? I don't know. I'm there, hoping it some, could there's be There's something great. in the back of my mind, again, yeah. <laughs> but um, you're right. It's just another unknown quantity with Nintendo. Mm. So I think, yeah, the jury is obviously clearly still out on that. And yeah. I think that does tie into some of the um, criticisms of the Switch at launch that people feel it has been kind of rushed out and launched and released kind of like for financial reasons at this particular part of the year when the kind of games put this might not necessarily have been ready, but also... It's like very kind of threadbare on the eShop, like we've said, in the operating system itself. Um, so yeah, so but again, it's an it's an evolving prospect. I just like you say, I hope there's a more smooth patches than than bumps in the road. So we were lucky to get um, a few community comments on their own impressions of the of the Nintendo Switch. So we had an email from Colm Sheridan, which Mark is kindly going to read to us. 
Uh, yeah, so Colm says, Hi, all you lovely LGR people. Uh, March the 3rd, 2017 seemed like an eternity when I pre-ordered my Switch back in October 2016. This is only my second day one purchase of a new console, the first being the Vita. So I took the Friday, Monday and Tuesday off to have a good play on my new console. Oh, and also to spend some quality time with my good lady, Sandra. <laughs> so I got up nice and early last Friday morning, uh, as I now call Switch Day. I've been calling it Switchmas myself. Um, Switch day, 3rd of March, as my GameStop branch was not opening up until 12 midnight. I arrived at 8.50 thinking they would open up a little early for a Switch day one purchases. No, they did not. There was a little queue outside of about 10 young people and me. (laughs) Um, I purchased this console along with Zelda Breath of the Wild Special Edition. I also picked up a carry case for my Switch, uh, one that is wider than the actual tablet and the Joy-Cons combined, silly people. Um, so I get back to the story in hand. I played my Switch in all modes, TV, handheld, and tabletop. I was playing TV mode until 3am last night. I did find some sync issues, even though I was only 5 feet away from the console, and there was nothing obscuring my view. I even had my phone switched off. It wasn't a game breaker, but it did irritate me sometimes. Um, I did, it did irritate me. Sometimes I find shaking the controller works. Ah, Nintendo quirkiness. Remember the blow on your cartridge era back in the SNES days? <laughs> so, overall, I'm very happy with my purchase. I have no interest in any of the other Day 1 titles. My next game will be Splatoon 2 whenever that comes out. Breath of the Wild is a no-brainer Day 1 purchase. I'm loving every minute of this game. Uh, you can go anywhere in this game, climb mountains, except when it's raining, and watch out for the lightning strikes. I usually run for cover. Any amiibo can be used daily. They drop loot or food. I've become quite the food connoisseur. Cooking and discovering what recipes work is is a game in itself. Uh, Thanks for taking the time to read this. And Nintendo, get your sync issues sorted ASAP. Uh, I love you all equally. I would give (laughs) Switch 9 out of 10 overall. Sync issues apart. Regards, Column. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your switch story and we also had a tweet from Stuart Garrard of the Renaissance Men podcast which uh, Chaz is kindly going to read for us uh, the Nintendo Switch is a well made piece of hardware probably Nintendo's best piece of design the OS is snappy and functional but is also very threadbare and missing some key online components considered standard in 2017 the Nintendo Switch is perfect for my life as a new father. I can attest to that as well, my, um, you know, being a new dad myself. Um, switching between modes is an absolute dream, and the killer app Zelda Breath of the Wild is outstanding and has usurped Resi 4 as my favourite game of all time. Glorious. Yeah, like, like I say, the whole thing about being a new dad, like I'm a new dad myself, and being able to just have that in handheld mode while I'm kind of sat with him while he's waiting to go to sleep or you know uh, there's just like a million and one times where i've just been able to sneak in that odd 15 20 minutes half an hour where oh you know i can take the console from room to room where i can't do that with the ps4 or an xbox or whatever so um Mm. yeah like i was saying to you earlier about it's just opened up a whole avenue to get me to play games again because i've been games for the most part sort of lock you away in a little room or lock you away from people and mm. this has really open, opened the world you know to my, my, my gaming to the world as it were yeah so, no, yeah, I, I totally agree like that whole kind of utility of it as a device and how yeah. it's kind of in, it encourages you know couch co-op play but also the um, 
it never gets old, does it? That idea now that you don't have to have a separate system, like the whole console, because I've got numerous handhelds and numerous consoles, but now I can just use the one device. And I, I just don't think that's ever, I'm never going to tire no. of that. That's always no, going to feel like, like a novel. Like the use case of, like I say, I can have the, I can have the console my, while my son's in his cot going to sleep, I can play it. I can look over and go, all oh, right, he's gone to sleep. Then get up, walk into the front room, put it in the dock, carry on playing the same game. It, it, that's just outstanding you know i would have had there would have been 45 minutes of that that i would not have been able to to have done you know because of i wasn't in the same room downstairs or whatever you know so yeah it's it it literally is getting to the point where i think this is going to be my primary console going forward for a little while while you know while little man's still uh you know running me ragged yeah, and obviously, like for Mark as well, I know you've had a 3DS in the past, and you, I know you've got a Vita, but um, mm. I think you, yours, you, it's almost brought you back into the kind of handheld fold, particularly in terms of Nintendo, because hopefully, if the Switch is a success, not that I want to sound the death knell on the 3DS, but I think, you know, realistically, it would be great to think that all of that development and resources will be now be put onto the Switch, because it will just, you know, completely um, bring over such a great sort of library of games well they've said that they're going to be supporting the um 3ds through at least 2018 um but i still think that that was nintendo kind of hedging their bets to say that we will continue supporting the 3ds in case the switch doesn't sell well if it does sell well then we'll wind down the 3ds a little bit earlier um i can definitely see this if it's if it you know if it does well then it could and should be a replacement for both both uh you know it's you know it's already the replacement for the wii but it should be a replacement for the 3ds as well i want them to to like the the, the dream that um double down this came out it's like yeah double down um unify uh, you know they're in all the, the the libraries of games from their home consoles and the handheld consoles onto one system so that not only can you play all the games that you would on, you know, on your Wii U, but you'll be able to play Pokemon and Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem and games like that as well. Yeah, I mean that would be. I know that there is obviously a Fire Emblem um, yes. game coming out on 3DS next month, Echoes, which is obviously mm. like a remake of the, I believe, the second Fire Emblem game. But um, the uh, we've got the next kind of, I guess, if you if you take Awakening maybe as a new kind of starting point, I know that was actually meant to be the last Fire Emblem game, but of course it just completely rocketed the franchise into, you know, people's minds again, and we had Fates. But the, the next kind of entry in that arc will be, if that's Switch exclusive, I think that's going to say a lot, because I know that's coming to the Switch in 2018. It'll be interesting to see whether they make it purely for the Switch and not the 3DS. I think that'll be very telling of where Nintendo kind of see their prestige franchises because Fire Emblem really has been as, as really, I mean, what, Pokemon and things like that. And obviously you've got, you know, the, the usuals in the Zelda's and the Mario, but Fire Emblem now is, is one of like the big ones. So where yeah. they find its home for that, then it'd be really, I think that will show kind of like their intent. Um, I guess we, you know, we thank Kong and Stuart for getting in touch to share their opinions on the Switch during its launch. And of course, we're going to invite any LGR listeners to send in an email to lapsgamerradio at gmail.com to share their own Switch stories and ask any Switch related questions. You know, did you know about this gameplay log and how it unlocks and have you found other kind of quirks and workarounds you know it'd be our pleasure to hear them um and obviously i just want to thank you both for joining me and also particular chazzy as our, our guest and have you got any 
shout outs of your own chazzy or any kind of announcements you want to make uh yeah well thank you for having me first and foremost but also um yeah if you like what i've said here um i also do my own podcast on the side it's not weekly it's it's kind of an as and when thing um you'll see why when you listen to it but it's um i do interviews with people about the games that don't quite make their top five or top ten games of all time i want to hear about their honorable mention the game that doesn't quite make the list so yeah my podcast it's called it's the ai bots presents honorable mentions and yeah i've interviewed some amazing people just telling me about the game that yeah is a little bit quirky and a little bit weird and you know why they love it so much so i've had people like justin Mm. mcelroy and um laura dale and david turner's from the computer game show and people like that you know some leading industry kind of people and you know, people who are not quite industry or podcasters and that kind of thing. But yeah, I've had some really interesting conversations and bought way too many kind of weird, quirky games off the back of these recommendations <laughs> as well. It's kind of getting a bit expensive. That's the job done then on your guest. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm halfway through season two. I'm still trying to secure a few more guests and then uh, sort of fill out. I normally do six episodes in a season. So the first season's up with the first six episodes. And season two, I think I'm uh, two into that already. So, yeah, just trying to get people to answer my email, answer my tweets and emails and come on the show. So if you are in the industry or, you know, you're you're a podcaster or, you know, you've got you're really into your games then uh, do let me know uh, what your honourable mention is. And maybe you can come on the show and have a chat with me about it. And Mark, have you got any mentions at all? Uh, listen to Laps Gamer Radio. <laughs> and off the back of that, yeah, you can stream or directly download our episodes as MP3s via our Podbean homepage, which is lapsgameradio.podbean.com. Um, if you're enjoying our content, we'd really appreciate if you subscribe to Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. Uh, review us if you've got the time. That would be uh, most welcome and appreciated because obviously it allows other listeners to discover us and uh, i guess the only thing to say before we say goodbye is we hope you've enjoyed our kind of initial impressions on the switch i'm sure there'll be lots more kind of coverage of nintendo's latest console handheld hybrid going forward and just a final shout out to the other lgr members that are switch owners uh kevin moore and uh, ali cornwall and Stuart Neil did have one, but I think he's already kind of traded it in. But they will, I'm <laughs> sure you'll hear them on other episodes kind of talking about their own experiences with the Switch. Uh, and of course, um, I know Adam's been playing, actually, Adam and Stuart have both been playing Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. So, you know, that'd be really intriguing to hear their points of view on other episodes. But thanks, gentlemen. I think it's uh, time to say Thank goodbye. Bye bye. Goodbye.